passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather. Post-wrestle in the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in. Nubian kings and queens, we invested in. It's for the culture and we repping it. It's for the culture and we repping it. And welcome to the NWA Podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. I am one of your hosts, the Godfather Nate Milton. Welcome to another fun installment of the NWA Podcast. We have a lot of big things to talk about this week, a lot of interesting conversations, and we've got a first-time guest on the program this month, so uh, let's not even waste any time. Let's let's get right to it. Let me bring in my co-host, the man that hails from Southern California. He is a he is a professor with a pension and a wrestling fan with a passion. <laughs> Y'all give it up for this man, the professor Chris Ely, aka Moderna Chris. What's good, my brother? Man, how's it going, Nate? So I went into September like. What are we going to talk about? Wrestling news is kind of <laughs> slow at the moment. And then back to back to back to back to back stories just like just came up, man. And um, the good thing about what we do here is we do this show monthly. So we've had a chance to kind of get these stories to marinate a little bit. And uh, today is the day we finally uh, yes. discuss, you know. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. And you mentioned one of the benefits of this show, Chris, and doing the monthly format is we do have a time to kind of step back and let these stories cook a little bit, let them marinate a little bit. And and speaking of that, I think it's time to go to the kitchen, Chris. Mm -hmm. And who's in the kitchen? The man that's going to bring us all of these stories that's been cooking and marinating and simmering in the pot for the last three, four weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, you know this man from Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure. Y'all give it up for my nephew, the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson with the news. What's good, nephew? 
What's going on, Uncle Nate, Uncle Chris, my, my two guys, man. I appreciate y'all bringing me on. Like Chris said, it's been a, a a crazy, crazy news cycle that's been happening just in the past month. But I think that's the that, that's one of the benefits of doing this podcast monthly. So yeah, I'm ready to uh, talk some of the to some of the great news, man. Some of the great news that's been going on. Uh, yeah, like I said, for the past month. Okay, so so what what's the what's the first dish that you you've been cooking in the in the kitchen, Andrew? What what, what you got to serve to us and, and to the listeners? First dish we got served up, man. We're we going to start off some on a positive note before we get into the nitty-gritty. We're we, we, we going to start off nice, man. But uh, at, at the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor show, uh, Jonathan Gresham, who, who we all know has been on a very, very hot streak lately, um, but not even lately, just over the past, you say, several years or so, and has uh, quickly arisen as one of the top talents in, in, the, in the entire world. Uh, he, he lost the pure championship at uh, the Devil Fortis on the show. And a lot of people are sort of now under the assumption or the idea that he'll now be transitioning over to the world title scene. Uh, Ring of Honor's final battle pay-per-view is coming up in December. That's their uh, biggest show of the calendar year. Bandito's the ROH world champion. Jonathan Gresham, you know, I mean, you, I mean, you really can't find anybody in the Ring of Honor roster right now that's as hot as he is. It's just the string of matches he's had. Uh, if there was ever a time to, 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 to strap this brother, I, I, I think it would be at this point, and uh, I, I am not uh, I'm not misspoken when I say this. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, if this were to happen and he were to win the title, he would be the second Black ROH World Champion in the company's mm. history. So, Chris, so Chris, just your thoughts about that? Uh, Jonathan Gresham's high street, um, the idea of him winning the world title and him being the second Black ROH World Champion in the company's history. Um. Yeah, I think um, that would be great. Um, it's it's crazy to think that um, there's only been um, one yeah, uh, black world Lethal. champion. Yeah, in ROH. Yeah, yeah, Jay Lethal was you know he was a, he was a great world champion. A lot of people kind of um, there's a lot of criticisms towards his reign, but um, Gresham I think um, is definitely someone that fits the bill. Um, I don't think he's long for this ROH world. So it'd be good, nice to see him get a, a title run um, before he um, heads off to uh, greener pastures because I do think that's in his future. So um, I'm I'm happy for the brother. Yo, can Andrew? Can real quick, like, can we stop and and you know congratulate or appreciate ROH for the brothers that they that they didn't put on man and given a platform mm-hmm. to you know you you talking about Gresham who we all know was great. Uh, Shane Taylor doing the damn thing. Uh, you know, Kenny mm-hmm. King been doing the thing for a minute, like a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Like, yeah, like there's, there's so much good black talent in ROH that I think it, it often gets overlooked in some of these conversations where a lot of people's focus is on either WWE or AEW. But it's like mm-hmm. ROH has been doing good work for a minute. And to echo Chris's sentiments, I think it is the time to pull the trigger on Gresham and, you know, no disrespect to Bandito, but you can, you can kind of tell Andrew when somebody's got the momentum behind them, mm-hmm. when somebody is like, do you go back to that cooking analogy? Like, you know, when the greens are ready and you don't want to leave them on the stove <laughs> too long, to them, but you know, yeah. and you don't want to take them off the, off the oven too quickly. Like, but you know, when they just right. And I think right now, uh, Gresham is just right, man. It, it, it would be good for him. And I think, good for ROH. So so it's a move I would make, Andrew. 
For sure, for sure. And, and, and while we were away, moving on to the next story, uh, the Black Wrestling Draws hashtag made the rounds, man, and began to trend on social media. It was a beautiful thing to see. The support came raining in. It was just another example that we can make shit trend and we can make it watch. Like, we, we, we got people, like, tuning in. And uh, I saw the, um, some of the AEW Dark YouTube numbers rose up a little bit uh, for mm-hmm. the Big Swole Diamante match that everybody was promoting, man. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't have the exact statistics to say that that's exactly why the numbers rose up. But, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together and see just the amount of support that came from just the black wrestling fans in general just to tune into that uh, that, that whole show and to see uh, Big Swole and Diamante in that main event match. Uh, how, how, cool it was, how cool was it for you, Nate, uh, to see that? And, and what are sort of some of the next steps to, to further elevate that um, that, that we can do beyond, um, you know, because so, social media is a very, very valuable thing. But, like, what, what are some of the things that you mm-hmm. can see beyond that that we can sort of do to elevate uh, the Black Wrestling Draws hashtag into something more, um, just beyond something within the Twitter scope, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I thought it was really, really cool, man. And then, you know, that's, like, that hashtag is kind of the the epitome of what we're about here at the show, man. It's it's what, you know, you and me and Chris and, you know, people like Marcus and Rich Fan and, you know, Righteous Reg, SP3, uh, you know, Phil Lindsay. Like, a lot of people have been talking about this for, for a while, Andrew, but it's kind of been in-house discussions. Mm-hmm. And so for it to get to this level where it's a trending topic and, you know, you have performers engaging in the hashtag. And like you mentioned, that, that match uh, with Diamante and Big Swole, like, I do think there's a reason why those numbers were higher. And I think it's because people were taking advantage and looking at, at the talent. So I think the other thing, Andrew, is like when you talk about like what's the next step, that's extremely important because a lot of people, you know, and you know this from social media, brother, like a lot of people will let you know there's a problem, will let you know there's an issue, but there's no next step. There's no follow-up. And so I think, you know, the follow-up to me, it, it, kind of goes back to something Chris and I were talking about on the Kings of Sport the other day, and it's, it's something I call the triple A's, man. Uh, you know, and it's agitate, which is kind of what you're doing with that first step, letting people know there's a problem. You know, putting the hashtags out there, asking questions. You know, if, if you're fortunate enough to be in these media scrums, asking questions to, to, you know, these promotions. The second is to advocate, which is kind of what we're doing on this program, Andrew, where we, you know, highlight some of these performers that might not be getting shine, and where we tell people like yo check out this match with big swollen diamante like you're gonna dig it like and you know that's another way to raise awareness and and the final a andrew is to appreciate because i do think there is something to just supporting people man like you know whether it's it's you know somebody like a willow nightingale or or somebody you know like like a lee moriarty or or, you know jonathan gresham whoever it may be like buy buy the merch if you can afford it you know uh you know send a uh Send them a nice tweet, man. Like, hey, we see you. We appreciate you. Because I do think, Andrew, particularly, like, wrestling is hard, man, for everybody in the mm-hmm. game. But it's doubly hard if you're black or brown. And, and Lord help you if you're a black woman. And that's something we'll talk about what I guess uh, in a little bit. But I think, like, just, just a positive note, Andrew, can be something that could get that performer through the day. Like, hey, there's people out here that got my back. There's people out there that's, that's appreciating me. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, like I last um last podcast that we did the last news segment I did something did something and I was like I, I labeled it like a quick news story and mm-hmm. I was gonna do that again and you know uh you you and Chris could sort of add in you know if you guys got any quick thoughts but I did want to just add this in there I want to shout out 
uh, that brother Righteous Reg uh, for his BWI 500 list. Um, he got a big shout out from Big E, the WWE champion, uh, in yes. Big E's interview with Complex. Uh, Reg also does the theme song for this podcast. So shout out to Reg. Um, I had I first met Reg like a couple, I want to say a couple years ago, several years ago. Or so and I actually recorded a podcast with him two days before my university graduation. Man, it was one of the funniest <laughs> podcasts I ever did, man. So yeah, shout out to Reg. Uh, and and you know I'm always glad to see him have his uh his his big moments, man. To see him get the success and the and the recognition, man. So yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to brother Reg. Yeah, no doubt, man. You know, you know, we we got love for that man, righteous Reg, around here. He he for the culture and he repping it. You know, not only did he bless us with the song, Chris, but you know he was a guest on the show, and mm-hmm. and it's always good, man. Like the 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 amount of work that that brother put in for for the BWI 500, like you can tell, man. This this ain't this ain't a gimmick. For Ray, you know this ain't right, yeah. This ain't something he playing around with for for clout or for you know some shine. Like this is a dude that is about the business, like we just said with the Triple A's, Chris. Like he's yeah. about the business of advocating for these performers, and you got to respect that man for that. Right, yeah, and yeah. Shout out to him. Um, I got um, a lot of love from um, Reg this weekend um, over uh, the Twitter sphere. Um, and I think one of the things that we've been talking about on this show regularly, like um, AEW and WWE, uh, as it stands today in 2021, they don't have a problem with diversity per se, because there's they, they, they both have people of all different races, shades, colors, whatever, mm-hmm. in both companies. Their problem in 2021 is creatively how to nourish the black talent, you know. Mm. Um, and I think both companies have this problem. Um, so when we talk, you know, black wrestlers draw, we we're talking about using these guys in and women in to the best of their strengths, you know. Mm not just having them on TV, not just, you know, having black wrestlers on your roster to say you have black wrestlers, not just, oh, Bobby Lashley's the world champion, Big E is the world champ, but every single black guy underneath them uh, has the job to them, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Big E's world champ, but yeah, he's also destroying, like, eight brothers on the roster, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to, 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 to keep his over this, you know, and it's like, I, I, I how, how many times I got to tell you, Chris, you got to win your conference games first though. Yeah. You got to play yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? Andrew, you know what I'm talking about. You got to play in conference first. <laughs> Virginia got to play Virginia tech before they can play Alabama. <laughs> Right, in conference games, I ain't never heard that one before. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, but that but 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 we 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 dissect the whole entirety of it because back in the day, being just a a black worst wrestler on the roster was fine. Just being a black world champ that was cool too. But now I think the audience is demanding more out of these companies. Okay, it's like okay now we we don't just want a black world champ. We want a black world champ that has a decent run with the title that is in meaningful storylines. Mm-hmm. And we want a black world champ who has a memorable title run. We don't want a black world champ where you give them the belt and then you job them in 20 seconds after everything is said and done. Or in, in the case of AEW, we don't want, you know, just black folks on the roster, but, 
you know, not nowhere even near the main event scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, there should at least be one, you know, um, and then you know we got we kind of have to work our way up from that, you know, and that's just kind of um, where um, my head is at is in in mainstream wrestling, and um, hopefully um, these guys on the indies can help steer mm-hmm. um, the major companies in the right direction. One last thing on Reg, piggybacking off of that, Chris, I think that, you know, the, the old excuse they used to give, Andrew, mm-hmm. is that, that where's the black talent? Like, we, we, we can't find this black talent. This man got a list. 500. Itemized. Mm-hmm. 500. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you, so you can't use that excuse anymore. So I think, like, that's one of the best things that, that, that Reg did with this list, man. It's like, not only is it great for us to see as, you know, media members and as fans, but for people that are actually in positions of power in these companies, like you have a resource now that you can use when you're making your hiring decisions. Yeah. No, do you, and, and, and just to add, like, put like the bow on that, if Big E saw it, I know the rest of them saw it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah. Just, no, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Man. Now, just, I just imagine <laughs> yeah. Vince in the office. There's 500 of them? <laughs> why, why didn't anybody tell me this, pal? Give me some more of these. No, seriously. No, no. For real. If, if, if Big E saw that and he, like, he knows the list yep. and he saw it and he named off a couple people that's on it, I know that there's other people, a bunch of other people, a bunch of other black wrestlers, or not, not, not even black wrestlers, just wrestlers in general that are on that same level that he is, that saw that list. It's, yep. it's, it's like they saw it. So, yeah, shout, shout out to Reg, man. And he's doing some great stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. But uh, like, like Chris was talking about with uh, AEW, I'm, I'm going to let Chris sort of get the first the, 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 fir- the first uh, sort of opinion out on this one. But uh, Brandy Rose had to uh, ask me anything on Bleach Report, and she was asked what is the toughest part of her job. And her response was, and I quote, she said, people seem to assume because I have an executive role that is all encompassing of everything having to do with women and people of color. That's just not the reality of corporate America. Think of the person who has my job at Coca-Cola. You wouldn't say they're all responsible for women and people of color because they're a woman and a person of color. It's something I've gotten very used to and completely turned on. Completely turned on. Uh, I do what I do. I, I do what I need to do. And that's my job. Those are my areas I'm passionate about. But you have to stay realistic. You have to uh, be professional and be measured and uh, you have to be professional and, and be measured about how you fight for some of your passions as well as do your job as a professional. Sometimes you eat crow and you do know and you do what you know is right. And that was uh, and, and I quote, that's what Brandy had to say. Uh, so, Chris, I wanted to sort of give you your, uh, uh, get your thoughts about what Brandy had to say and, and sort of mm-hmm. do you think that she is sort of put in a. So just to sort of have the, the, the double advocates, the devil's advocates, the double advocates, I don't know which one of the phrase I'm trying to use right now, <laughs> to just to play both sides of it. Like, right. do you think, uh, like people sort of put that, like everything having to do with people of color and the women's division on Brandy. And, but also do you think that they're, that she, she and Cody have sort of put themselves in the early stages of AEW in those positions where people think that they have more power than they actually do? Um, so, I understand what she's saying um, to a certain extent. Um, if, like, here's my thing. With, they go Brandy calling Chris right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think with Brandy, she's in, she's definitely in a unique position. She's the only black woman that I know of who has 
uh, as high of ranking a position in wrestling that she's got. And that could be both a gift and a curse. Um, I do... I do think she's kind of, and Brandy, please come on the show, by the way. But I do think there might be a little bit of overthinking on her part. Um, like, because I think when when Blacks, we get into these um, corporate positions, high-level positions and stuff like that, there's this pressure on us to look like we're not just catering to black people or we're not just catering to you know women you know if you're a woman you know it's kind of like you're looking you're you want the optic to be that you're hiring the best people that you're putting forth the best people and nothing more than that but i do also think though that you can't really concern yourself with what other people think in that regard, you know, uh, if you know that there's, you know, talent, black talent out there that will thrive in these positions and you believe it, you do, you do owe it to yourself to kind of see what you can do to put them forth there. You know, um, I think Brandy's done a great job with AEW as far as, you know, getting people hired and noticed that otherwise wouldn't have been hired or noticed, you know, Nyla Rose, um, Sunny Kiss, um, a lot of different, um, like, excellent talent that she had a big hand in getting to the big stage. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where, you just you just can't overthink this shit, man. You gotta you gotta do what you know is right in your heart, and don't concern yourself with uh, people what whether they think you've got this level of power or not or whatever. These questions are gonna come up. You can't avoid them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we try to sometimes avoid certain topics in this, and we you can't. That's why this show exists, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we can we can address them and at least try to make sense of these things. But I I don't I, I the complaint to me is is not even something she should be complaining about. If that makes sense, Nate. I got a lot of empathy for Brandy in this situation, y'all. Because here's the thing: I feel like this is an almost analogous to Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. where Obama is the president of the United States of America, but he, he's also the first black president. So there's right. extra there's extra that comes with that. And so with Brandy, like, Brandy does not have, unfortunately, like, it shouldn't be this way, but, it, you know, that's the way life is. Like, Brandy has expectations on her that Cody doesn't have or Kenny right. or the Bucks. Like, there's an expectation from black wrestling fans and from female wrestling fans on Brandy that isn't there for the others, whether mm-hmm. that be fair or foul. Right. Um, I do think, though, you brought up something, Andrew, in that some of these issues, like, I'd say, like, half of the conversation is overblown by people that just have an extra grind with AEW, but half of the conversation is valid. And part of the reason why it's valid is because, you're right, when this company first launched, Cody and Brandy and all mm-hmm. of them and Tony Khan, like, made a point that we're different that we are going to be change agents. And so I think I think they meant it, Andrew, but I don't think they 
I don't think they realize that if you say something like that or if you lose something like <laughs> yeah. that, people gonna want results immediately. Right. Like immediately. Not, not, to, not yeah. tomorrow, not not next month, not three years from now. We're gonna need this today. And so <laughs> I think that's where like Brandy and, and she might be just kind of being overly sensitive here and you know, kind of reacting mm-hmm. out of maybe that frustration. But I do think she has done a good job, man. Like, has it been perfect? No. But I do think she's done a good job for the short amount of time that this company's been in existence. And I would like, like not just, uh, you know, to, to pop our ratings here, Andrew, I would love to have a conversation with Brandy because I no, think sure. she's in a yeah. really unique position that nobody has ever been in. Right. Like right. she's the first. And when you're the first, there are positives to that, but there's also a lot of drawbacks. And so like, I, I think a lot of times, Andrew, my issue with Brandy is, I feel you. Like, I hear you, sister. I understand. Yeah. Just don't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I get... Don't say it out loud, like, I, put some context to it. You know what I, I mean? give her props for for addressing it out loud, though. I mean, I don't... I, I'm with you. I don't think she necessarily has to do that, but I think she feels like she needs to, mm-hmm. and I understand, but I just wish um, she would do that with um, the black wrestling media um, to a certain extent, um, you know, the, the, the when I well, say the black wrestling media, yeah. I'm talking about ourselves and the people Phil that we know and fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about all the black wrestling. Media. That's <laughs> well, and then, well, the thing is like, I do think there is something in that though, because yeah. like I said, like we can empathize with Brandy. We, like we can understand yeah. her position in a way that some others in the media might not be able to. And so, like, there's follow-up questions, Andrew, right. that we can ask from yeah. our experience that might better help Brandy to explain herself. Because as it is, it feels like, you know, a lot of these places get get a soundbite or a headline, and then people just run with it without giving Brandy time to kind of uh, expand upon her thoughts. And I think, like, that's something with some of these black outlets that she'd have, the, or some of these black media members, she'd have the advantage of that, where we'd be like, okay, okay, sis, you really want to say it like that? You know, you want to explain that a little bit deeper? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a level of understanding, Andrew, that would come from an interview like that versus maybe some of the more, quote-unquote, mainstream outlets, I guess. Yeah, and, and with uh, Brandy, like, I, I think the thing is, and, and matter of fact, just to add on to what, what you and Chris were talking about, I think that is a a great point about her sort of doing some of these media interviews and, and, and just to add, just to clarify this, that, that quote came from, she was doing an ask me anything, like one of the typed out things on, on bleach report, but right. I, I, I do think it's that's always dangerous, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I, I do think it is very important for her to do some of these interviews with um, black wrestling media people in people, black people in wrestling. I think it'll be very important for her to do that. Cause they, like you said, they can be sort of that uh, sympathetic, uh, more, more so of us just having an understanding, a mutual understanding, like some of those things, like how we, like how, how we'll be at a party or something like together, we'll see something crazy, we'll just look at each other as the two <laughs> as the black kids in the room, be like, "What the hell going on around yep. here?" But, right, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, man, with Brandy, like I, I, I do think that j- just to play both sides of it, um, not not to like harp on her, but she, there's criticism as well, but I, I do think that she she may feel that whenever something goes wrong within the women's division, or maybe there is an issue about people feeling like there's a very much lack of diversity in AWs, uh, as far as their main event scene goes, or just that some of the quote unquote high caliber talents that people automatically look to her 
as like, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, and they do. Shoot, I mean, but, but and then the, the thing time. is, like, she's an easy target in that, in yeah. that respect because, like, ain't nobody gonna talk about Tony Khan. Ain't nobody really gonna go at Cody. And like, people love the Young Bucks. Like, like, there's a discussion today on Twitter. The Young Bucks, like, the greatest tag team of all time. Uh, you know, and I think like people ain't gonna go at Kenny. Like, there's so Brandy is the easy target for lack of a better term, Andrew. And so, yeah, she does get a lot of this maybe unfairly. And, and it's yeah. like, it's like, like, again, like that relatability, like we've all three of us have been in the workplace and we felt that man, like if we screw up, we might screw it up for every black person to come behind. Yeah. Us. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Francis from accounting, ain't got to hey, worry about that. Hey. Cause they're going to be white dudes to come in behind him. But a three of us, we got to make sure we doing our job so that we don't screw it up for the next man. Right. Hey, hey, hey Nate, Chris, you, you want to know something like that? You just reminded me about that literally just came to my mind as you said that. And this, this, this is first of all, this is going to show you how like long this year feels this, but I'm about this whole, like since we've been in the pandemic, how long mm-hmm. this feels when you literally just said that about something happening and then uh, unintentionally or intentionally messing it up for the few, for the next black person that may come in or not, 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 not let me not phrase it like that. Let me say unintentionally messing up or, mm-hmm. or possibly, um, hindering the, the next mm-hmm. black people that come in. You want to know what I was thinking about the Kenise Mobley situation yep. when yeah. that came up? Because that 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 feels like it's so long ago, man. And that was only <laughs> like several months ago. So yeah, like yeah, like, yeah, man. Going back to Brandy, it's just like I, th- th- there's a part of me that sort of does wish that folks sort of like ease up on her a little bit. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I get it because at the same time when AEW first started, her Cody, Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, they promised yeah. these things and they said mm-hmm. things were going to be different, going to be more inclusive. And I think to the front of them delivering that with a Anala Rose, with a Sunny Kiss. And may, maybe if Brandy wasn't there, they maybe wouldn't maybe not have been uh spotlighted or picked up by AEW. Right. I, I know I, yeah. I think I think Nala was a Brandy Rhodes signing because I think she ran into Nala at an independent show and was like scouting her the whole time and just like didn't yeah. let her know. But like just she she was just like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I got my eye on you and type thing. So I, I think she does deserve yeah. uh, some credit in that aspect. But at the same time, like when you promise these things, like you guys said, people want results and they're going to come back and ask for these results. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I do think you make a very point yeah. in that. Nobody ain't gonna come at Tony Khan sideways. Nobody gonna come at. I mean, I, right. I mean, I, I mean, I clown. And, 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 and we have to, promo he cut, but, uh, yeah. but we have to look at it also from a corporate vantage point. Also, to to piggyback off of what Brandy said a little bit, um, look at who has been the AEW World Champ so far. Who's been the TNT World Champ so far? So AEW, Chris Jericho is their first world champion. Who else in that company at that time are you going to make the world champion that's going to make more the most sense, that's going to put visibility mm-hmm. on the product? Chris Jericho had to be in that position. And, yeah. and look at who got it after him. It was John Moxley. Yep. John Moxley is on the level of Jericho at that time, he was a higher level than Jericho. And he came fresh off of the WWE run, had the world title in WWE within that year span. So you put the belt on him. um, It makes sense. And now you're putting it on Omega as one of your guys who hasn't been in WWE. And that makes sense too. It's like, which black talent, on the free agent market 
were you going to insert in those positions that would have made fiscal sense? You know, like, yeah, I'd love it if they'd have put um, powerhouse Hobbs as the world chat, but let's be fucking realistic, man. It's like, we got to understand the pieces that we're working with. Mm-hmm. We, we got to understand the corporate interest, even with the TNT champion, Cody Rhodes, um, Brody Lee, um, and now it's um, oh, the, what's Darby, the, Darby and now Darby it's and, um, and then Miro. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, who's gonna say that those guys don't shouldn't have been in that position or what? Mm-hmm. What? Like, I, I promise you, right now, if AEW had the chance to get um any of those new day guys when those when they, oh, before yeah. they re-upped oh, yeah. in seven yeah. years they would be main eventers in in 100%. aew yeah well that's a good point because you got to look yeah. like new day under contract yeah we just talked a little bit about jonathan gresham under yeah. contract somebody like you know chris bay under yeah contract under con- so, yeah, yeah. like under like you like you like do you think that tony khan like if if ricochet became a free agent oh, he'd be on tomorrow do you think that he'd be scrubbing around in AEW if he went to AEW. Nah, Just man. be realistic with yourselves. You know what I'm saying? And Chris, you want to know yeah. something? Like, um, <clears throat> you mentioned Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I legitimately think they're priming him for a TNT title run. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. I, think they're, I think they're getting ready for that. And especially them, them showing that faith in him to put him in the ring. Will put, and people could, you know, you could view that how you may. I, I think that's a big show of faith. Yeah, so right. Like, be like, hey, you know, you gonna have CM Punk's first televised match in in, in seven years, and and then yeah. at that, I think that they're gonna they're gonna hold off on the Powerhouse Hobbs title run until they get that TNT title on a baby face. Because I think that they're, I don't think they're gonna take it off Miro this week as as, as we're recording because Miro's gonna defend against Sammy Guevara. But I can see Guevara being the one to eventually take the title off Miro or another baby face. And I think whoever wins that from Miro, that's who Hobbs. Is going to take mm-hmm. the title from and like when we're right. comparing the whole um 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 team task thing even with Hobbs man Hobbs just straight up outshine Brian Cage like I damn yep. forgot about yeah. like Hobbs just talk like, to him talk he, to he, him Hobbs just outshined him like it, it wasn't even like a a thing of like more TV time Hobbs is just more be a more appealing talent and he just not he just naturally showed that throughout the course of the the, the several months or or five or six months or so that team task was going and when you look at a talent like Hobbs I definitely think that he is going to be one of those guys that's going to rise to the forefront. I consider him a homegrown AEW talent. Like, a lot of these guys yeah. consider themselves homegrown AEW yep. talent. Like Ricky Stark said that. But yeah. They, 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 they consider themselves that because this is the first time that they've been on national television and they've been right. these big opportunities. And when you look at somebody like Hobbs, and when I'm looking at anybody in AEW right now as far as the black talents go, I'm looking at him. Yeah, and- guys, he can wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he yeah. got the look. And then, you know, of course, he got the mouthpiece with him besides Taz. And then you can know your corporate Ricky Starks and that. Like, yeah, I, I think Hobbs is getting primed for a, and if, a TNT title run. Yeah, and if WWE hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that you can make a black guy, black woman world champion. If the creative isn't there to support their title mm-hmm. run, then what does it mean? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We just got a Bianca Belair uh, title raid. And it was a meaningless title reign as far as like, um, I'm not saying it was a meaningless title reign overall in the grand scope scheme of things. Tomorrow and how it ended. Yeah, how it ended and what they gave her while she was the world champ. She did all that on her own. It wasn't like that 
the it, you, you, like she was able to go out there and use the limited stuff they gave her and turned it into shit that worked. You can't, you um, can't, you can't fight charisma, man. Yeah, you and then they, it. yeah, and then they they crapped all over her uh, title reign with the twenty second loss, and then the crap they did last night. Um, you know, whatever. Um, but then, and then look at, they did the same thing with Kofi. Chris, not a fan of Extreme Rules 2021. Well, I'm just saying, um, I know that's probably going to come up later, but you know, it is what it is. But, and then he did the same thing with Kofi Kingston. It's like, yeah, you gave this Mm -hmm. brother the the title, but then at the end of the reign, you showed us all that it, what you thought of Kofi. And Kofi hasn't been back in that position. So, um, and I don't want to see the AEW do that with any black man or woman that wins one of their titles. I do not want to see that. Um, I want to see them get lengthy reigns. I want to see them, I want to see them feel important. And after, and once their reign ends, I want to look back at their reign and be like, you know what, that. Jade, uh, Jade Cargill with the TBS title that meant oh, something, you know. Chris, Chris you, 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 just, you just took my next point, man. I was, I was about to yeah. get into that. Go ahead, you go ahead, wrap it up. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm just saying, I want to see, I want to see a meaningful run. I, it's to me, the tokenism is not just is that doesn't work for me in 2021. You said, like, like literally, just Chris said, uh, I was going to bring that up, uh, that was going to be my next uh story, and I'm, I'm glad that, that, that was uh, Chris Ely transition right there for he led me right into it, the man himself. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, uh, so, sort of something fun to sort of throw out there and, and talk about. Um, this was reported by Andrew Zarian of the Mad Men podcast, who has become a uh, credible source. Wrestling media, I trust, is reporting. So, I'm, so yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, bring this one up. But he is reporting that there's uh, supposedly going to be a uh, secondary women's title coming to AEW for the TBS network. And it's going to be titled uh, at tentatively as of right now, the TBS championship. Um, fellas, it, 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 is it time? To put the rocket on Jay Cargill, Nate, your, your your initial thoughts, man. Like I, I think Ooh. everybody obviously knows that Jay looks like a star, yep. acts like one, carries herself like one. I, I think we all can agree that more so is just a thing of just getting her more reps in the ring. I don't think that's like a harsh criticism. I think that's something that everybody kind of says. But like mm-hmm. when you when you look at Jay, like man, if, if there if there was a, a talent that you could just mm. immediately put a title on, it, it, it got to be her, right? Well, here's the thing, Andrew. Like. I, and I, I, I don't want to play both sides of the fence, but I will because it's my show and I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, on the one hand, like, I love this idea, man. Like, I think it's it's great. It would be perfect for Jay. Like, she's already, like, we've, we've been talking about since this show started here on Post Wrestling. Uh, you know, she's a star. Uh, the only thing is, my, my only bit of trepidation with this, Andrew, is we've talked for a while about, how this women's division has continued to grow and continue to get better. There's still some stuff they got to tighten up, but I don't know if they're going to spread themselves too thin Mm. by adding a secondary title. And I don't want to, like, I don't want this to become a situation where Jade gets this belt, but the belt ends up dragging Jade down instead of elevating her Mm. because we've got this, you know, we, 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 we haven't shown. And when I say we, I mean, AEW, AW really hasn't shown us yet that they're able to tell more than one women's story at a time mm. efficiently. And I hope, like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they prove me wrong, Andrew, because uh, I would love this. I think it would be a great 
gimmick for Jade. Like, this is my show. This is my title. This is my network. Like, there's so much you could do with this woman in that position. I just hope they don't fumble the bag, Andrew, because it's, it's a big bag when you're talking about Miss Jade Cargill. Like, this is <laughs> a, a super-duper star, like, that they got in the making, and I don't want to see them ruin it just because they 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 trying to rush out a secondary belt. Like, that that's my only kind of trepidation with it, man, is I hope the execution is good, the follow-through is good. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that Jade's got to get that belt first. I think it be a landmark thing, um, set up all the, you know, haters and stuff too. Um, but I think who, Jade who, is... Not to sound like Xavier Woods, Chris, but who are these people? Who? Who, like, who out here hating on Jade Cargill? What? I, 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 I think I, I, think I know you? exactly what Chris talking about. No, I, I'm just, I'm just like, saying. The people like, out there, I'm, t- I'm talking to the people that's, hurt, that's hating on Jade right now, Chris, if they listening. Who hurt y'all, man? <laughs> Why can't you enjoy greatness when it's in front of your face? Yeah. I, I, I actually like Jay better with the TBS title mm-hmm. than I do with the um, woman's title. I think yeah. there's something yeah, elaborate, she can, elaborate. Because I think she can take that belt and make it hers. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you said, she could she can make it hers. She could run through a few of those women and turn it into a desirable thing. And then when we get people like more women jump into um, AEW, they want to fight her for that belt. And um, I just think it'll be um, a great, great thing um, for, for diversity, for a woman who's there because she deserves to be there. She's not just your average run of the mill a black woman who's just there to take up space so you can, you know, um, have get get fundraisers at your diversity picnic or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, um, she's she, she, she's deserving of that spot. So um, I would want her to get it, you know. And um, while she's with that belt, um, eventually she could go for the world title, but I think that AEW uh, or the TBS title is a perfect position in for, for someone like her. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't have to be in these long ass matches. She should be killing women in life. Give a couple squads matches. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that, 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 I think that'd be real cool for Jay. And then, and then like, yeah. if you, if you're looking for somebody else who you could throw in that, who you throw like name, you could throw in the hat. Look, I'm just saying yeah. Trisha Dora is a free agent. That's all right. I got to say. Yeah. That's all, and, I, that, that, that's all I got to say, man. Yeah. Oh, and then you know, just build her up like they're doing with Mira. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just build, build her like a powerhouse. Is that simple? Mm-hmm. But uh, just, just uh, going on to the next uh, quick news story before I get before we get into our last two stories, man. Uh, I, I, I think this one's gonna mean something special to uh, to today and Chris, considering they did they they deep dive into WCW. Uh, shout shout out to that uh, that that brother Tuco Scorpio, man, who is killing it <laughs> on the indie scene right now. He is literally everywhere, and I mean every weekend. Uh, recent matches, man, with Anthony Green, Effie, Stallion Rogers, Chris Bay, Willie Mack, uh, Nate Chris, the two people who have gone back and looked uh, extensively at WCW and who have sort of seen Tuco Scorpio throughout uh, the majority of his career, man. Like, it, it's, it's got to be cool to sort of to sort of see him still going at a very high rate. And, like, you know how people sort of have, you, you know, even when um, some wrestlers sort of make the rounds, like, some people give him that sort of, like, um, you know, 
I don't want to say pity, but like that, like, oh yeah, you're doing a good job. But like, he's like literally still delivering yeah. like high caliber mm-hmm. matches, like at his age and still going hard. So like, Chris, I just want to go to you first, man. Like it, it like, again, it, it has to be sort of neat to see, you know, uh, two cold, two cold still getting, uh, still, still getting these dates, man. And, and not for anything other than he's still a great wrestler. Right. Yeah, man. He's in, he's a great wrestler. He's in uh, great shape. Um, I I love uh, one of my favorite uh, videos of him is when he did that sh- those shoot interviews when he was <laughs> describing the uh, the Montreal thing with Bret Hart like his narration on that shit is great. But yeah, man, I've been watching this brother lately, um, and yeah, I'm impressed by this guy. Um, he's um, the the same age, age as my mom. Um, my mom, um, my mom had me when she was 15, but, um, so it's, you know, but he's like, um, just in really just excellent shape, uh, as, 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 and not even, I don't even want to even add the qualifier for a guy his age, um, because that's, I don't think that's fair to him. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can see him, um, you know, doing a one shot in either company, uh, either of the big companies at the moment, because he's just on such a top level. Um, he's proven himself to be trustworthy as well, you know. So, um, yeah, man, why not? Yeah, well, first of all, Chris, um, um, why, why are you wishing that evil on this man, on this good brother, too cold? Trying <laughs> <laughs> to send him back to Vince. No, we don't want Vince. Trying to send him back to Vince. We don't oh, want yeah. Hey, I'm saying hey, that. We, look, we want to see this brother wrestling, not in a in a in a. Fur coat dancing—that ain't what we need hey, from this dude. Hey, hey, hey Nate, before before you continue on, I just want to add on this so you can so you can sort of add add a, add a little <laughs> more bit more razzle dazzle to your point. If PCO got signed off his late Thank career you. run, then that, that look, that's all I got to say. Go ahead, Nate. Thank you. That's, no, that's, that's why we family, nephew. Because <laughs> I was just about to say, like, a lot of times we we kind of play that mental thought exercise, Chris, of like, yeah, who could be the black version of X. Yeah. And for a long time, I've been thinking like, yo, who could be the black PCO? Like who could be the black star that had this late career revival and was like working with all this young talent and doing all these great indie shows? Like who could that be? And honestly, like I couldn't think of one. I was like, maybe, you know, when he was still alive, like maybe a new Jack, but that that brother come with some issues and some some things you got to work with, Andrew. (laughs) Uh, but but I think with with Tuco, man, he is perfect because, you know, not only as Chris said, like has this dude just been so good for so long, and, and you know it's good to see like his his personal life has has gotten better. Yeah. And I think when you look at a lot of today's talent, they're influenced by a lot of the work that people like Tuco did. No question. And yeah. so like when you see like an AR Fox or an ACH or you know people like that get in there with, with somebody like a two cold man. It's like, this, that's really cool. Just to see kind of this generational thing go around. And yeah, this dude has been doing it for a minute. I would love to see two cold show up and, and get, get a cup of coffee with, with a W. Cause like he, he deserves like his flowers while he's still here. Andrew and, and like this, this brother Ben told you what he Chris as as the yeah. slam jam aficionado. <laughs> this man Ben told you what he's about. Who is his opponent? He don't care. Yeah, like the Gulf War, brother. He attacked through the air. That's yeah. all you need to know about this man, Tuco yeah. Scorpio. I remember when he was uh, teaming with uh, Terry Funk at uh, <laughs> WWF? Uh, Terry Funk, I got some funk for you. I got some funk. 
when you introduce that. Yeah, no question, man. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Cole, man. I, I really do hope that he gets his his big opportunity uh, again, again on the, on on a national stage because he definitely deserves it. Uh, but but as we head into our last two stories here, fellas, uh, before the AEW Dynamite show and since he went live, Tony Khan came out live on stage and offered Lee Moriarty an AEW contract himself. Smart smart man, Tony Khan. You put him on the spot in front of fifteen thousand, you can't say no. That smart, 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 smart man, Tony Khan is. That's how that's how you do business. But no, no, in all, in all seriousness, though, man, congratulations to Lee. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen his fellow colleagues, not even just um, uh, podcasters or, or, or just you as a professional wrestler, like ourselves. His like fellow wrestlers have said that they compared him to like a young Brian Danielson. Um, that that's been a very common theme I've seen. I can't wait to see what he does there. On top of that, AEW is allowing Lee to continue his uh, his outside days. He's been where he worked the Ring of Honor show. He's going to be the, in the MOW Opera Cup. He just worked PWG uh, last night, which which is September twenty sixth. Um, Lee, Lee is absolutely killing it. Um, and, and and Nate, just to go to you, man, like just just to see Lee get the contract, got the big offer on the like in front of the live crowd, in front of Tony Khan. I think people are already imagining the ideas or, 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 or what's, what's to come for him in, in AEW, man. Then on top of that, uh, just, just seeing him make the rounds on the indie scene, like I said, in the MLW Opera Cup, he's been he's consistent on Peter. I think he worked the last two PWG shows since they've been back. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very cool, man, to see Lee. And, and I, I think a lot of people are, are sort of anxious to see, anxious in a good way to see what, what's to come for him in, in, in AEW. Yeah, yeah, man. One time for that man, Lee Moriarty. And, and – you mentioned TK, Uncle TK, uh, here, <laughs> Andrew Thompson. Like, TK is smart, but TK also is aware. And hey, I hey, think wait, wait, real quick, Nate, what, what was wasn't that like right after the, yes. the black rep? Okay, it's not okay. a coincidence that in like the day or so after black wrestling draws blew up, we not only saw Lee Moriarty get the contract with AEW, but Tony Khan just happened to let it let it out there and Judith. Oh, I'm st- I'm still talking with uh with, with Leo Rush. You know, we, we still having mm-hmm. conversations, y'all. Like Tony Khan is 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 the rare person in power. And I don't just mean this in wrestling. Like I mean this in all types of business, Chris. Like it's very rare that you get somebody that's a CEO or the, the owner of a company that publicly pivots when they know they did wrong or they know that you know, maybe they're lacking in a certain area. Right. And I think, you know, Tony Khan is smart enough to know that, hey, like, there is an issue going on. There is uh, a, a valid concern from a portion of my fan base. And not only is signing Lee Moriarty great because Lee Moriarty is a hell of a wrestler, but it also helps to address some of the issues that, that these folks have brought up. And so I'm real excited for Lee, man. Like, I think this is a big deal for him. I think he has a chance within the next year to grow, to be somebody that, you know, you can put in that TNT title mix, you know, who knows, like depending on how the crowd reacts and responds to him, like he could be somebody in that main event scene. And so mm-hmm. like, I think like it's, it's a great thing for Lee. It's a great thing for AEW, And yeah, like I, I think it's like, I know people are ready right now, Andrew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like stuff like this is good, man. Like it, it might take us a few months, might take us a year for you know Lee to be where we all know Lee can be. But like I think this is a real good signing, man. A, a good deal all the way around. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think this is going to be a good thing for uh, for um, AEW and for uh, Lee. Um, he's just a, a brother that you know I 
been paying attention to um, and to know that he's about, that he's about to go to AEW and blow the roof off the spot is a is a big deal um, from where I sit. And, you know, I love these. I love this bullshit narrative about um, how this diversity shit that that's going on in WWE. Oh, they got all the black talent. Like maybe a black world champion in WWE. That's not the rock who I don't count. Not because I don't think the rock is black, but because the rock is just way above every, yeah, every man and woman on the planet. Uh, but they be a, a, a black world champion WWE who, after like three, four years, became world champ, man. These brothers have to grind that shit out, man. <laughs> like, Big E got signed to FCW in 2009. Mm-hmm. In 2021, he became world champion. Oh, Kofi cool. Kingston got signed in WWE in like, what was it, 2006, 07 in FCW? It took that brother until 2019 to become world champ. It doesn't happen overnight for us like that. Mm. John Cena what, uh, was signed to uh, FCW, or not, OVW, and what was it, like 02 or something like that. Um, by 05, he was a world champ. Batista, mm. the same thing. By 05, this fool oh, was shit. a world champ. But oh, Randy Orton, it, 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 it took him to say it. It's like, it's a shorter trek Oof. for these white guys. Bobby Lashley, his brother signed in WWE in 2005. Mm. He, he didn't become world champ until 2021. Mm. <laughs> like, like we got to add correct formation to these narratives to be honest so we're not pretending oh one company is doing this and the other company is doing that and that's not to 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 um alleviate AEW of some flack that they rightfully should be getting because they do need to have blacks in the main event scene um the the the, the, the this time period demands that kind of diversity yeah. you know what i'm saying um, you you should have blacks in your in your in your title pictures. You should have blacks in prominent storylines on your television um, in meaningful roles. Um, so I'm not trying to exempt AEW, but I'm also not I'm not about to fucking hail WWE as this. Oh, this is just where diversity lives and thrives. And you kiss my ass with that fucking shit. <laughs> It's the it's the dismount for me, Andrew. Yeah, Chris, nah, Chris made some good points, man. Like when you talk, when you talk about some of like the marquee talents over mm-hmm. the past yeah. two decades or so. When yeah, you, when, like, you, when you really think about what he's saying and like the points he made, like not not even really thinking about when you just look at the the, the plain thing that's right in front you of don't even, you. Can, you can even take the WWE title out of it. Let's look at the world champs. Look at Booker T. Booker T got in WWE. In 01, it took him like, was it five, six years before they gave him um, the world title? He, I don't even remember the year that he won the world title, hmm. but it wasn't immediately. I want to say it was like. And he had to become King Booker to even get that. Yeah. Nah, so he had to be a character. Some, he couldn't yeah. just be Booker T. Mark Henry signed with WWE 
1996. That brother didn't get the world title until 2010. So, <laughs> you know, are we are we are we gonna be real? Do we want to have a real discussion, or do we want to fucking take these bullshit bitch ass sides? <laughs> <laughs> Chris oh said he ain't God. here for your tribalism out there, wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, last story here, like I, 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 I want Nate. I mean, yeah, Nate had brought it up um, about the Leo Rush thing, but like so, something that Chris had just said wanted me to sort of switch gears a little bit and sort of give, give us something to sort of wrap up on as far as uh, as far as Biggie goes and his recent WWE Championship win. Booker T did have some comments about uh about Biggie and he's sort sort of. We're, uh, we're reiterating the exact same thing that he said prior. I, I think it was last summer. We're talking about how he felt, or this past summer, yeah, about how he felt. Uh, Biggie should be more serious, and Biggie. I mean, the Booker sort of um, followed up on that um, during his uh, Hall, Hall of Fame podcast, and I'm just going to read uh, just a, a quick ex, a quick excerpt from it. He was like, uh, and I quote: "As far as he's still carrying a lot of the New Day baggage with him, as far as still going out there dressing like the New Day, still chanting New Day rocks." still having the same aura and attitude, but I remember Biggie saying regarding him needing to change. I think he said to me, you need, you, you became champion as King Booker. I think the characters are, I think the characters were somewhat over the top and flamboyant. It could have been taken as a joke, but that's the one thing I tried to make sure that all of the antics King Booker had outside of the ring. He never took any of that inside the ring. It was always King versus a peasant, King versus someone who was trying to dethrone him. So I tried to make that moment as serious as I possibly can. I noticed Big E, once his matches get going, all of the New Day antics pretty much go out the window and he becomes a worker. That part right there, I, 100%, I, I agree with 100%. I wish Big E would take this role a lot more serious and then make that championship mean. Uh, but but then again, this is wrestling. Uh, people can look at it from many different ways. This is That's the beauty of professional wrestling. I'm just saying from my perspective, my taste, I wish Big E had a little bit more dirt to his gimmick. Mm. Chris. Mm. Jesus Christ. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Booker T. But he, old, this, he be old bullshit, bro. This brother, <laughs> when he won the world title, he was talking in an English accent, whatever. <laughs> He's like clouded all the time. He, John Cena was like, yo, man, uh, Give me a night with your wife, uh, if you want. And he's and he tells Charmelle to leave, and he's like, "Okay, is that serious? Like, what? Like, I want to understand like what this brother's talking about." He had fools kissing his pinky ring um, when he was uh, world champ. <laughs> he just say, "Like, what the hell is Booker T talking about, man?" Man, I didn't hear this. So I'm hearing secondhand information from you. I know it's true. Uh, uh, Andrew, because you 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 you're, you're not gonna get on here and yeah. report a lie, but I'm just saying, I, if I heard him talk myself, maybe I'd understand it a little bit better. But I don't understand, like what what the fuck is serious? <laughs> He's like talking, you know, telling people the hell you this knighted. Excuse me, I promise I wasn't even using the n word on this show. <laughs> but this so, but this bro, this brother knighted. Hopefully we bleep that out, uh, Nate. Yes, yes. Future Nate, bleep that yeah, out. Okay. But this brother <laughs> knighted fucking William Regal and Lord, you, you aren't a part of the royal family, my dude. 
what the hell are you doing night and cats for hey, hey, hey chris, chris real quick because you, you did you did say something important about like uh sharing the whole thing let, let me read the um the other part of the excerpt and may, may, maybe that uh maybe it'll clear stuff up i mean I, i've read it before and i was just like uh it just seemed like extra stuff but like let me go ahead and just add it in just in case he said and i quote uh when you call your shot that's one thing did it have he told when he says did it he was referring to biggie's money to bank cash in he said did it have the excitement of cashing in uh, the money in the bank uh, briefcase from a surprise perspective. I don't think so because all of that was taken away earlier in the day. I said, let me watch and see if this actually happens. Then it actually happens. Was it the, was it the traditional way of cashing in? No, it wasn't. Am I pleased to see Big E the champion? I am because I told Big E the cream rises to the top. I said, man, you got something. Your day is going to come. That day is here. He's the champion now. I say this also. I say what he makes out of this moment is going to be his legacy and what he leaves behind in his business as far as when he ran with the championship and how special was that time. Uh, it's going to be all up to him now. Uh, and that was the precursor to the quote I read uh, before you uh, gave your point. Okay, so that's that's better. I, I like this this second part of what he said. That's that's that was cool. I mean, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't want I don't want this judgment on the seriousness of a Big E from a brother who's knighting motherfuckers in the in the middle of the ring. I just to me, it's like stupid. Chris takes British royal traditions very seriously. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, he'll That's play the with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, Nate, Nate, what, what, Nate, what are your sort of your recap of letting that you got the full quote yeah. context of Booker? And like, and of course, what, what, what he was saying about Big E before the WWE title when Big E, when Big e first went on his own. I, I, I think that, that, that was either last summer or mm-hmm. that was this past summer, but like, it, it, it seems like there's sort of this thing. With, with Booker, as far as Big E goes, like he's like, oh, you need to. For, first, it was he he needs to stop wearing the colorful New Day stuff, and yeah. you know, Big, Big E has openly said that he's glad he didn't have to change who he was to win the world title, and he obviously did that. So Booker's now saying he needs to be more serious. I think I think even looking at Extreme Rules last night, even though I don't think they they just did like a dog shit thing of like not even realizing that oh yeah they they came to the realization oh the WWE champ is not on the card when yeah. Big E cut that promo about last year, about the title matches happening tonight on the 27th, uh, September, he got serious. Without New Day, it was no Woods, it was no Kofi, it was just Big E, camera, and he got serious. And I think that's what Big E shows. Like, he can still be himself, but at the same time, when it's time to turn it on, he can turn it on. Look here, nephew. Like, I... I got all the respect in the world for Booker <laughs> T, man. Like, like, you can't take away what that brother meant to the businessman and how hard he worked, right? Like, we all, like, I think all three of us got respect for his career. But, 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 but let it be known, Chris, this man's name is Booker T. And the mm-hmm. T stands for time to secure the bag. Because yeah. <laughs> it seems like the last year or so, and I don't know this for fact, like, this is just my opinion. It feels like a lot of what Booker says are either caping up for the company that pays him or maybe even thoughts that some in management have had. Mm, and right. they're using Booker as the mm. conduit, as the mouthpiece yeah. to get these opinions out there. And it, it's not a good look, man, because, you know, in that quote that you just uh, read to us, Andrew, like, he contradicted himself. Because he's like, yeah, you need to get serious and, and, you know, you stop being a character. I mean, I was a character, but then when the bell rang, I was serious. I like yeah. how when the bell rings, Biggie gets serious. So it's like, well, then what are you talking about, man? Right, like, yeah. What Biggie, is, what Biggie is doing is not that different from what you were doing. Some would right. argue it's better than what you were doing. Yeah, he was, he, he was at this point, was at a grocery store getting eggs and 
flower. And, you ain't you ain't had to take it there. You ain't had to do milk that for it. I'm just saying, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, had, I, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's so easy to like look down because I'm in the position now where I, you know I deal with people my own age talk shit about like college students mm-hmm. who I went to college with myself. And it's like I I know I, you do realize that I hung out with you when you were that age. You ain't any better, you know? It's like, <laughs> that's kind of like what I'm hearing when I hear from Booker T. It's like, we were watching wrestling in 2001, dude. You know, it's like, we we know the shenanigans you were getting into. We all know? saw that six-star classic yeah. with you and the boogeyman, dog. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and let's... And that, and that infamous promo with Triple H. Yeah, man. Yeah. Come on, Come on Booker. So I mean, I, I get look. I get times is hard, man. It's a pandemic, Andrew. He got to make sure he got he got this money. You know what I'm saying for the school, and you know what I'm saying. Like make sure he got a nest egg. Yeah. I get it, Andrew. But at the same time, it's like dog. Like you don't. And this is this is a larger yeah. thing than Booker. You know, I, I would extend this to a lot of situations uh, with with black people in corporate America. Like you don't shine brighter by putting right. somebody else's light out. You don't yeah. get lifted up by talking down on somebody. And I feel like. You know, like he might have good intentions at heart, Chris, but the uh, way he's saying it is all the way wrong. Right? Yeah, and I and I and I, I agree with you because I love Booker. Booker T was my favorite wrestler for a little while. You know, it's just you know hearing him say this kind of stuff. And I promise you this: I don't ever see a scenario where Big E is just gonna let Vince McMahon say the N word right in front of him. And uh, you know, I, to do him like that, Chris. I'm, just, I'm just saying, man, it's like, we like, I gotta put things in perspective. I, I just don't see big E doesn't strike me as a kind of brother. That's going to be like Vince McMahon is going to tell him, Oh, I'm going to just say the N word. And big E's going to just be like, uh, yeah, that's oh, cool. Didn't just say that. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, like, like, Big E wasn't like I know the corporate line was for all those guys to uh, just forgive Hogan and let it go, but yeah. Big E and nah, they, Kofi they, they and those guys, yeah, they they weren't doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, just I just only thing I want Booker T to do for me um, is just to make it make sense. You know, if you whatever you're saying, because it just if just hearing it secondhand it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense to me. And just from what I've heard on him on title match wrestling from this brother, um, 99% of the time, he doesn't make a lot of sense to me when Damn. he's talking about uh, black Damn. wrestlers. Yeah. Can you dig that sucker? But, 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 but see, the thing is like real quick before we get out of here, man, like Booker T, he don't be going hard on no, like on no white wrestlers. Ooh, like, he, like he don't, like, he, about um, it. like he, he don't be like dragging. Like he, I mean, he, he'll say some stuff, like some sound bite stuff. But like he's yeah. like picking apart like Biggie and something. I will I don't even want to call this defend Booker T, but I will say this to the guys that WWE already doesn't like, he will, you know, like yeah. CM Punk, for oh, example. Yeah, 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 like, how yeah. do you find fault in that CM Punk promo? He's like, he kept on going oh, back yeah. to WWE. Okay. Oh god, this N-word thing <laughs> is, is gonna be tough for me. I went 
three I'm gonna need, episodes I'm gonna need in you, Vince McMahon, to go to sensitivity training. Yeah, I know, right? And yeah, no, 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 Chris, Chris did bring up a good point. He, he did, he did hop on CM Punk. He did. Yeah, he it's did, like he, 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 he gets on CM Punk talking about the promo wasn't good or whatever. It's he kept on bringing up WWE. Like all I when we make criticism, we need to criticize shit that actually happened. God, we we should probably move on from topics. We might get another five more N word drops, and that's just not me. Chris said he is done with Booker T. But 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 of course, uh, fellas, I appreciate y'all, man, having me on for another new segment. <laughs> that uh, that 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 concluded it uh, with, with, with brother Booker T. Hopefully, when we record our next episode, Booker is saying more positive things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. about about Biggie, but uh. You know, history. I know he ain't gonna say nothing positive about Chris if he ever hears this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell oh, me he just didn't say that. That's hilarious, man. But no, nah, oh, thank y'all. But Andrew, like, 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 you know, we like we, we talked about what Booker T said, man. But but people want to know what you talking about out here on these streets, Andrew. Let let them know what you got going on in post wrestling and Andrew Thompson interviews and and Bush being Thompson, all that good stuff, brother. Yeah, me, me and Martin just put out an uh, episode. With the guest who is going to be on this show, Chinyere, man, I'm very excited, very, very, very excited to have her, uh, have her on the NWA pod. Uh, she she was a great guest on the uh, Bushman Thompson. She, she all she all NWA. We need yeah, to get she, she all, she all get Dicky Bird out there to put up a graphic <laughs> or something like Chinyere is all NWA for sure, man. So yeah, go uh go go support her. Um, and yeah, go check out me me and Martin's episode with her that we just recorded about PWG. Uh, everybody, go check out my uh, interviews over at the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. When I don't have an interview of them, uploading clips, y'all can go check that out. Get a little, uh, little, little flashback into some of the interviews I've done, and of course, you can check out all my written work over at the Post Wrestling site. That's what's up. That's Andrew Thompson. He brought y'all the news, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, we always appreciate your nephew. You, you're doing good work, my brother. And and hopefully, hopefully the next time we talk, you you will be the. Uh, champion of this little little bwe draft that's popping off brother yeah, yeah you, you you damn right go vote for yeah. go vote for your boy man I mean, go vote you for in, your boy you in there with james there's some tough competition though dog <laughs> ain't no, <laughs> no shamesy to lose <laughs> to jamesy dog <laughs> oh my goodness man but no, i appreciate y'all having me on man it's always a good time as always and i can't wait till we uh record the next show uh in in in, in, in weeks from now whenever that's gonna happen i can't wait to do it all right, y'all. Shout out again to our nephew, the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson, for bringing us the news. But now it is time for our panel discussion. And, and Chris, this time, this month, we have a first-time guest. So I'm excited, brother, to uh, to introduce this person to our audience. She's a sports communication student from South Africa, a contributor to Talking Point Sports, Notoriety Sports Network, as well as MMA prospects. Y'all done heard her on Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up. But Chinyere Okafor. Chinyere, how are you? First of all, I felt the power of that entrance. I felt it. I felt like, you know, I was going through the gorilla position right there. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened when you all NWA. You get that type of big-time intro. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for having me, guys. Hi. How are you guys? We are good. We are, we're glad to have you here. Uh, I guess before we kind of get started with our topics, uh, would you mind just kind of giving a little quick introduction for maybe some of the listeners who haven't had a chance yet to listen to you 
with Martin and Andrew. I thought that was a great episode where y'all talked PWG, but uh, just a quick introduction uh, of, of yourself to the audience. Um, okay, so basically, I am a student who is, for some reason, right, like I, I keep finding myself in these situations where I keep like writing for all these places, which is why now, like when you're introducing me, right, like I have like three different places. But anyway, yeah, um, so I'm a student. It's my final year, so I'm very anxious, mm. you know. Uh, yeah, I don't really have, like, I feel like I told you this, mate. Like, I don't really know what to say about myself. Like, what is there to me? What is there? Like, you see, as soon as someone brings up that question of, like, who are you? It's very awkward. All of a sudden, you don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I, I guess one of the questions I want to ask you is, is a question that uh, Chris uh, and you talked about off mic, you know. Um, like, how did you get started, you know, uh, being a fan of this and then ultimately going on to cover uh, professional wrestling? Because, you know, I, like, like for me, whenever I hear South, and this is just me, you know, again, Chris knows I grew up with my mom uh, watching world-class wrestling. Uh, so anytime I, and Chris knows where I'm going with this, anytime I hear wrestling and South Africa, Chenier, I always think about them, them Simpson brothers, Steve Simpson and Scott Simpson, uh, these, these two pretty dudes with the long flowing locks from South Africa and like I, I I didn't know anything about South Africa except for them and Nelson Mandela that was the extent of my knowledge <laughs> Jenya. so like how did you uh, you know growing up uh, over there become a fan of this crazy sport well basically uh, like I said like off mic also right it's one of those things where I, like I started watching wrestling because my brother like I have an older brother who's actually 10 years older than me so he was always like watching wrestling in the house mm. or whatever. My mom hated it, but he was always watching it. And I, so like, because I was always with him, I ended up always watching it too. And my love just developed from there. And then like, I think when I got to um, like 12th grade, when I was starting to get ready to like pick like varsity courses and all of that, that's when I was like, you know what, actually, I actually want to get into this. Like I actually want to work in this, mm. uh, in this industry. So that's how I actually got into it. And Fast forward now, I've been applying because I'm trying to make sure that I secure some sort of future for myself in this industry. But uh, yeah, wrestling isn't that big here in South Africa. But but I always make a I always make way, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing. Like you you got an opportunity to start the market out there. Like you you know what I'm saying? At versus yeah. over here in America, where it's it's a crowded market, you can be the market in South Africa. Ten years. Definitely, definitely. Let's do that. Yeah, that's, that's why we got to bring you on the show. We got to hype you up, family. For real, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting hyped, let's get hyped on these topics. Chris, uh, we've got three topics this week to uh, discuss and talk about. Uh, so without any further ado, my brother, why don't you let us know what topic number one is? Okay, so um, big time rush. Um, our thoughts on Big E Langston's title win. Uh, yeah, we're okay. giving back. He'll give it a back. That's right. That's right. Put put some respect on that man's whole last name. Big E Langston is your champion, Chris. Right. So yeah, what, what are our thoughts on that? I guess. Yeah. So I, I guess we can start with you, Chinier, since you're our guest this week. Like, what what did you think of when Big E won the title from Bobby Lashley on Raw? Like, was that a was that a big moment for you? How did you feel about? you know, how they worked the cash in, like, like, did it work for you? It, okay, first of all, it, it was a big moment. It was, what time was it? 
But like, okay, Raw here in South Africa started 2 a.m. on a Tuesday wow. morning, right? So I was up at 2 a.m. in my bed. Oh my like, obviously, I had actually seen that, like, he had actually tweeted that he was going to cash in. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I realized, oh, it's probably, you know, fueled by the AEW competition. But anyway, um, I was very happy to actually see him win because, like, I was like, you deserve that. You know, you deserve yeah. that. I was really happy about it. Uh, I Like, I feel like all of us kind of saw it coming. Right, like that, him he'll he'll eventually be champion. But I'm not sure if we ever like really anticipated it happening this soon and in such a manner. So there was that. But like I was really happy about it, and I was like I'm still hyped off of it. Like he just comes out and he's like in his gear and he has the title around his waist. I'm like get into it, mate. Yo, first of all, shout out to uh, Chi-Chi for, like, she is more dedicated. I'm, I'm going to say this, Chris. This might be a bold statement. She more dedicated than anybody covering this if she's staying up till 5 in the morning watching Raw. For it, real, it, man. It yeah. could be me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is dedication, and we appreciate that, Chinier. Uh I think for me, Chris, like, I was conflicted a bit on this. Like, yeah. Obviously, man, I'm somebody that, and you can go back and check the tape. I've been talking about Big E should have been a world champion five, six, seven years ago. Like, this is a dude that has had all of the tools to be a world champion, but for whatever reason, they never pulled the trigger on him. So when they did it, I was happy that Big E was champion. I have some issues about how they did it, you know, with the cash in. Like, I would have rather Big E cashed in and made it a three-way match and beat right. Orton and Lashley and instead of kind of picking up the scraps of Randy, uh, Bobby yeah. Lashley after he got beat by Orton. But, but that's you know, kind of a minor nitpick. My big thing is something that you said earlier in the show, Chris, like, okay, we've had the big moment, but now what do you do with it? How do you follow up on it? And obviously he didn't have a match at the pay-per-view last night, but he's going to get that big match on Raw tonight. So what what have you made so far of not only Biggie's win, but how they followed up on that, Chris? Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Um, we're recording this before Raw airs, so we don't know um how he's gonna do in that match against um Bobby Lashley. Oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume it win um and then look wrong if I'm wrong and you know it is what it is. And this this gonna sound crazy, but if if they take the title off of Biggie this week, I'm not watching Raw ever again for the rest of my life, though. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you can't do yes. this brother like that. <laughs> but yeah, the um like I'm with you. Um, I didn't like the announcement on Twitter. Um, I didn't necessarily love him um, beating um, Lashley when Lashley was positioned in that vulnerable state. But once you get beyond all those technicalities, you do realize how big of a deal it is that he got the world title. I would have rather Big E just cash in the belt and be like, yo, or cash in that briefcase and then like, yo, Roman, um, next month I'm coming for that title or right. something like that to, to establish him as a strong champion because I don't think a title win like that establishes him as a strong champion. It, it establishes him as like the 88% of other scrubs who luck their way into – winning the world title off of a briefcase cash in, you know, because it's very rare that those pushes stay sustainable 
after um, a brief after cashing in that briefcase. It just is what it is. Yeah, I, I do. Like like you said, Chris, I do have issues with the way that we got here. But Tenyera, I'm I'm really happy that we're here because this is a dude that you could tell, man, like deserves it and has mm. worked hard and even more so than any of that. Like he's earned this, man. Like you can't say that Biggie does not deserve to be in this spot. I'm wondering, just on an emotional level, like comparing this to our most recent uh, black world champion, Kofi Kingston, like were there similarities in the way you felt or, you know, what were some of the differences in how you felt seeing Kofi win and then seeing Biggie win? I think the Kofi mania win was a bit bigger, but that's just because it happened, you know, at WrestleMania. I think that's Mm -hmm. the only reason why I felt that on a bit more, you know, but uh, this was also a very big deal for me. Like I was, I was happy. I was over the moon the whole day. I was just like, guys, your champion, you know, like I kept being on Twitter and all of those tweets. Right. I was just there with them, hey? So, yeah. And, and that's what it's all about, too, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, yeah, I'm going to give him my uh, punditry and wrestling yeah. crit- criticisms because, you know, that's what we do on this show. But at the end of the day, if people are happy and if people get, you know, get those butterflies, butterflies and that warm feeling, um in their stomach um, the way you did uh, Chiniri and the way, you know, I, cause after like, once the smoke settled, I did kind of, you know, it was like, this brother's a champion. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be happy about this and then worry about the, the criticisms later. Yeah, cause it's like, and, and a lot of times speaking as, as a black person, like we don't get to choose the conditions for our success. Right. Like, <laughs> I talked about Barack Obama earlier in the show, Tenyeri, and Chris knows, like, if not for some congressman in Chicago fooling around on his wife, Barack Obama might not have been a pre- been the president. Like, uh-huh. if that, if, if, what was his name, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Because um, his, his wife was uh, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek? Yeah. Like, if he's uh, not out there cheating on his wife and having to, you know, step down or whatever, like, Obama might not have been in the position he was in Chicago, which led to him becoming the president. And so it's like, yeah, we don't get to pick the circumstances, but the fact that Biggie grabbed that brass ring, as they say, like I'm, I'm extremely happy for the brother, man. Like my only hope is now that they follow up properly with this man, like we, they don't do them like Kofi and, you know, or they or like they did Bianca with Becky Lynch, and then like y'all give this man a respectable title reign, just the same way you're doing with Roman, just the same way you would do if Biggie was John Cena or, or, or any of them type of dudes, Randy Orton. Like give Biggie a legitimate title run, and I'll be happy. Yeah, and, I agree. Go go ahead. Uh, can you, go ahead, Chinieri. Uh, I was just gonna say that, like, I feel like uh, you are right in terms of like that. The follow up is the more crucial part, you know. Like, mm. okay, yes, there was the the whole thing of him winning, the spectacle of it all, and all of that. But it's like, okay, but then what happens now? Uh, because they could just diminish that entire win by messing up the storyline. Yep. So, yeah, it's definitely important to see, like, for them to actually carry him properly as a champion. Right, and. WWE, the biggest problem that I've had with them with um, their Black World Champions um, so far is they've never been the guy, you know. Um, they don't they don't main event the pay-per-views. They get the world title. They're either at 
you know, at the top, the, the opening card or somewhere in the middle of the card, um, they are treated like as a second class citizen who mm-hmm. to who the universal champion is, um, whoever yeah. it is at that moment. Um, I do want to see that trend stop. Um, I want to see uh, Big E um, actually main event a pay-per-view every once in a while um, because we didn't get that with Lashley um, and we didn't get that with um, with Kofi. Kofi, you know. Um, and I think this is a trend that, that kind of needs to stop. Yeah, and I, I think it's – Again, like I, like all three of us are saying, like we're really, really, really happy for Big E, man. Like the brother has deserved it; he's earned it. Uh, Should have happened at least five years ago, but it's great that it, it's. that it's happened now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I I have a question for Chinieri because this is, you know, I, I I never want to ambush our guest, Chris. So <laughs> so so Chinieri, you know, you came through with all these credentials, all these uh outlets you're working with, and we we appreciate you coming on the show this week, but. But we're about to talk about some diversity in AEW. Are, are you ready to, to wade into these choppy waters, my friend? <laughs> I'm, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Because <laughs> it, 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 it could get a little dicey around here. So, Chris, let us know what topic number two is, my brother. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's just prepare for it. Um, a, dis- a discussion about AEW. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me, give me that title first, brother. Okay, the elite initiative. Mm. All right, and then this is a discussion about AEW's efforts to diversify, to diversify their roster, and the media's coverage of said efforts. Okay, and, so this is a this has been a hot topic for a while, Chris. Uh, at yeah, least, uh, a few months now, and I feel like it's just intensified and amplified over the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, I don't know where you want to start with this, Chris, but I'll let I'll clear the lane and, and let you have the floor for for a little bit. Okay, so we 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 gotta go back and because this weekend turned into something <laughs> I wasn't planning on it turning into, uh, <laughs> but, but it did. So we kind of have to address the elephant in the room. Um, but I don't want to name this person, so. Yeah, let's, um, talk, let's, let's talk about this unnamed elephant. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, about a month ago, I think it was around September the 6th, um, I was listening to this brother on YouTube do his little comedy bits where he's just poking fun at AEW um, and talking about how white it is and how diversity is in this place, this place, and this place, but there's no diversity in AEW. And it was, it was a funny video and whatnot. And I didn't pay, we, we didn't address it on this show because it was like, well, why are we going to even address it on this show? Who, who gives a fuck? But then we asked, um, I asked um, Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics um, because I watched this video from this guy and I was like, okay, so let's kind of get the numbers to see who watches wrestling and how people watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Thurston was nice enough to get us those numbers and he got it to us like really, really fast. It wasn't like um, he, he got it to us, tweeted both of us in it. Yep. 
Um, and then, you know, he elaborated on it with um, income levels and all that other stuff. So this brother, he gets on, he writes this article in response to AEW's claim that they're trying to be diverse or something. Uh, Brandon Thurston writes this article um, and it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. That's not what happened. I asked him to if he could find these numbers for us, he found them for us. Um, we talked about bringing Thurston on the show mm-hmm. so we could like kind of be educated on how people watch numbers because um, the numbers did show that more black skewed to WWE. It was by like 11%. I think WWE's like their black audience was, I want to say like 22% or something like that. And then, uh, AEW's black audience was 11%. But what what I wanted was not to just get those numbers. I wanted to like, so which amount of 18 to 49 year old blacks are watching AEW Mm -hmm. versus WWE? How many black women watch WWE versus AEW? Because this numbers thing is never just a black and white picture of things. So, um, like and and that was just kind of it, you know. So um, I felt obligated to kind of um, respond to this, and I responded to the person directly, and I was like, actually, Brandon Thurston got those numbers because we asked him to get those numbers. It wasn't anything deeper than that, you know. <laughs> and you took this. And wrote one of your fucking comedy pieces because, like, and I and I and I did say that he wasn't a real journalist. That's probably not the right thing to say, but that article isn't real journalism because mm-hmm. you were twisting things to placate this narrative perpetuating a false narrative is more important than actually telling the truth Mm. because it's not like AEW when they have these media scrums, everybody in the wrestling media is invited to them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, uh, post isn't invited. It's not like, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Pro Wrestling Torches and Invited Melts. We, we all get invited to these yep. things. The rich fan has been at a number of these and asked yeah. questions at a number of these. Yeah, mm-hmm. ask questions about diversity at a number mm-hmm. of these things. So to me, it's like one of those things where if, the, if, if this brother was serious about getting to the nitty grit behind all of this, he would go on the show or go to one of the scrums, either in person or via satellite or whatever, and ask, you know, Tony Khan about his diversity initiatives. If he didn't like the answer that Tony Khan gave him, he could write about it and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, understand there's like people that, that there's journalists and then there's people that care about getting their jokes over and, and then being funny, you know? And that's what I kind of think, we're at with this brother. It's just, you know, um, after about the third video, he, he managed to take that Bianca, um, 
the Bianca Belair loss to uh, Becky Lynch and turn that into an anti-white or a pro-white AEW thing. Like, AEW didn't book that shit. Like, what the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what are we doing on these streets, man? Uh, but yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at with it. It's just, I kind of want to get the, the narrative into a positive position because we both on this show have criticized EW and WWE for not doing right by black wrestlers yeah. uh black wrestlers in particular we've we've talked about aew we've talked about wwe the one thing that we haven't done is try to position one company as oh this place is diverse and we talked about earlier on the show how look how long it takes the black wrestlers to win the world championship in wwe versus the white wrestlers, their white counterpart. First of all, I will say this, Chris. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not qualified to say whether somebody's a journalist or not because I'm not a journalist. I'm a broadcaster. Right. You know, this, this is what I've been doing for 20 years. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a pundit. I'm, I'm an opinion giver. Uh, so I'm not, a, I'm not a journalist. So I can't say whether this person is a journalist or not. What I will say is a lot of these articles are irresponsible right? because they're not based in fact. They're based in a narrative and the narrative of, you know, right now, like so much of the fan base is engaged in this dumb tribalism where you're not allowed to like both companies or all companies. You got to pick a side, Chris. And, and I think we've got to get to a point and I want to bring this to a tenure because I think that you can criticize AEW for their lack of diversity in their main event scene while also not jumping to that next step of, oh, this is an all-white club. They're all elite whites. Like, they, they, they're, they're yeah. obviously prejudiced. Like, that, that to me, is a leap too far. It honestly is, hey. Like, it's just one of those things where you can, like, even with people, like, with the whole thing of, like, some people choosing to only like one company and then criticize the other one and all of that, you can honestly like both companies but have issues with them, you know, especially yes, when right. it comes to diversity, right? So it's one of those things where you can't, you can't now overstep that boundary, you know, and kind of make it seem like there's an agenda, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. So it, it's a bit cringy, honestly. And, and, and the thing is, like, you can love a thing and criticize a thing. I talk about this all the time when people talk about, like, movies and Marvel movies in particular. Like, yes. I love the Marvel movies, but there are faults with some of these movies. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be blind to those faults just because I like the thing. And like with AEW, like I like a lot of what AEW does, but, you know, Chris and I have been on this show for months talking about how there's some holes that they need to kind of fix and, and things they need to tighten up. Uh, even with the WWE, like I love that Big E is world champion. I love that Bianca and Sasha had that main event at WrestleMania, but there's also issues that they have that they need to fix. And so Please. I think China, like Chris, like, and I think this might be something that, that you said over the weekend as well, like holding one of these companies up as the example of this is what diversity is all about. It's like, come like that. Not only is that false, but it ignores the history 
within the yeah. WWE of like right. 50 plus years of yeah. issues. Whereas it, with it, AEW, like they got issues, but they've only been around for like for a very short time period. Yeah, it, it ignores Kamala. It ignores Saba Simba. It me. ignores uh, <laughs> just all these different stereotypes. It, 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 yeah, it, it ignores pips on your Ooh. program. It yeah. ignores King Booker. Uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, it ignores a lot of different things if you spin that narrative, right? <laughs> WWE, I'm sorry to interrupt, Chris, but WWE had a black person on their television. And this might have been one of the worst things I've ever seen in my whole life, Chinier. Mm-hmm. Brodus Clay got on Monday Night Raw one night, and I know you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Chris. Yes, I do. And and said, "Hey, I was born to shuck and jive." Yes, and that was the brothers promo. So you can't tell me right. like, "Oh, WWE is this yeah. utopia for black and brown folks?" Yeah, and, and yeah. then Vince, Vince McMahon has call, called um, Booker T, or not? He didn't call Booker. I want to frame my what I'm saying yeah. right. He said the N word yes. to John Cena. Right in front of Booker T, you know what I'm saying. So these, this is what we're working with in the wrestling business. AEW's been around for three years, yes. so um, they're not. So they're they're gonna make these corporate decisions in the beginning. Um, and I'm not even saying that it, this is a, it's as good or bad. I'm just saying it is what it is. Um, but to to um, spin this narrative that oh this is where black people need to go, um, and then also he 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 also made another false video with um, the whole uh, Max Caster thing where um, some some wrestling pundit said that um, Max Caster was suspended for three months or whatever. So this guy goes on his YouTube channel and makes a, a get out video, basically saying that AEW is the sunken place and he needs to leave there and go to this other place. And he was using as his, as the basis for his narrative, this false report that he got suspended for three months or so. And the guy was back on television in a couple weeks. So, I mean, you, you, we do need to, I mean, there isn't such thing in this industry as verifying sources and shit like that. So that's where the journalism, and I'm not, I don't fancy myself um, a journalist, but I did go to school for journalism. You know, right. I, I, yeah. I, I wrote for all the school papers that I've gone to for whatever school I went to. I've, I've at least written one or two articles at these schools. Um, I went to USC Annenberg, which is um, one of the top journalist schools in the world. Um, so um, I do know the rules and I know that you just, you, we don't just, you don't just fucking cherry pick shit that you want. Because it would have been like it would be wrong for me to, and I and that full disclosure for me, I do like AEW better than WWE at the moment because mm-hmm. WWE has given me um, like ten years of of bullshit that I just, as a fan, <laughs> I can't latch on to. And I'm not fault if you like WWE better, that's your business. But just because I like AEW 
better. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, oh, AEW is just doing everything wrong, right? right. WWE is doing everything wrong. You know, that's, mm. that's, not, that's not true. And we got to put these things in perspective. And this dude is using his platform to weaponize some very serious charges against AEW in a joking type of way. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the thing for me, Chinyere, uh, is like there's one thing to bring an issue up, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show. But I think that's where a lot of things stop on social media is people bring up issues or people bring up problems they have with with the thing, and there's no follow through. There's you know there's no solution that is yeah. offered up, and so like people like this person. Or, uh, you know, some other people I've seen, uh, you know, in, in this wrestling uh, kind of journalism bubble, like, we'll bring things up like this, and there's no solution. And so it's like, are you, are you really trying to help uh, this situation get better? Or are you just doing this for the clicks, man? Like, are you just doing this to get True. some clout versus True. I actually want to help black talent get ahead in this industry? Yes, definitely. And also, it's one of those things, right, where, like, specifically as a journalist, right, I'm also not a journalist. I I just happen to write for a few places, but I'm not a journalist or anything. But what I'm trying to say, right, is, like, as someone who's a journalist, that means that you get a lot of views and and you get a lot of eyes and ears on your product Mm -hmm. and whatever you put out. And it can be very damaging for you to push such narratives, you know. So it's one of those things where I think like you said earlier on, right? Like that it'll be best maybe if you found yourself at the, the media scrums and then you bring mm-hmm. up these issues like consistently so that then it's one of those things where that voice is being heard. You get. That, that's, I think that's something that, that you know, and I, I want to kind of wrap up this particular part of the conversation, Chris, but I think that's another thing that gets me, man. Cause it would be one thing if this person did not have access yeah. to Tony yeah. Khan. It was right. kind of screaming from outside of the house. But it's like, dog, you have an opportunity to actually go and speak to this man. Like, that's a very rare thing. Like, it's a privilege to yeah, be able yeah. to be in these scrums. And it's like, dog, you, you got an opportunity to go there and actually ask some valid questions and get some answers from Tony Khan. But you're not, you're not trying to do that. That ain't what you're here for. You're here to, you know, get your jokes off. You're here to stir stuff up. And ultimately, it doesn't help because, like, I, you're not helping the black talent by bringing this stuff, like, presenting this stuff in this manner because you're not offering any concrete solutions or offering any any help. Real, yeah. Like, know, it, real solutions to this problem. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is be honest in your reporting. Yes. And this just goes with all of us in this position, including myself. You know, I can't, I don't. The one thing that I promise, and I think we both kind of said this to ourselves a long time ago when we started this show, Nate, we're not going to just be lying on motherfuckers, man. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to just be trying to, like, clout chase and, like, saying things. If you said it, you said it, and we'll report on it. Yeah. We're not going to take a make a guessing game as to what happened. The Max Caster thing happened there was no clear cut thing of was this guy suspended or was he not suspended. So we, for the most part, try to let it play out. 
Yeah. And then and Tony That's Conrad. part of why we have Andrew Thompson on the show. Yeah. Andrew Thompson is a legit journalist. Like, Andrew Thompson's going to bring you that, that actual factual, Chris. I think the other thing is, like, if you or I say something that turns out not to be factual, like, we'll be accountable. Like, I right. think that's the yeah. other yeah. part of this. Whereas, if this person or people like this person, if there's something that they reported that turns out not to be true, there's no, there's no fallout from that, Chris. There's no repercussions on that. So, like, I think that's another difference, man. Like, I'm, like I said, like, I don't claim to be a journalist. I don't have all the answers, but I'm not going to also be out here just lying for the sake of lying. Like, like yeah. why? Like, what, like what, what purpose does that serve, man? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any purpose. I'm especially not going to be lying to try to make the WWE look good. Like, come yeah. on, baby. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then even saying, like, the black wrestling media. It's like, I'm a part of the black wrestling mm. media. Chinieri's a part of it. Mm-hmm. You're a part of it, Nate. Rich yep. Fan's a part of it. Uh, SP3's a part of it. Sad mm-hmm. E's a part of it. Bill Lindsay. Uh, yeah, we're we're all part of this space. Where where, where, did, where, where did we miss this fucking memo? Andreas Hale, Marcus Vanderbilt. Yeah, talk about yeah. that. It's not on this same train with this brother. Yeah, so like, yeah, t- show me where that picnic is, man. So yeah. you know, we I can get, get... In, you must have not got your invitation to the black wrestling media picnic this year. I didn't. I'm like, huh, <laughs> guys. Yeah, like but also. also yeah. May I just add something, right, with, with regards to this, right? I feel like it's one of those things where your intention, right, like as, as, as a part of the wrestling media, especially a part of the black community, right, mm-hmm. your intention should be pure. You should be trying to get it to be more diverse mm-hmm. and all of that. You right. can't be trying to be malicious, right? Yes. And, you know, like kind of come at like another promotion. So it's one of those things where you got to be able to look at like, okay, we have an issue here. How can we move forward with it? Like you were talking about, Nate, remember, yep. like with the whole thing, yeah. Like for all the time it takes to write an article or shoot a video, you could you could yeah. send a text or yeah. a tweet or email to Tony Khan and be like, hey, Tony Khan, yeah. have you checked out Righteous Reg's BWI 500? Here's a oh, list yeah. of 500 great, talented black performers, male and female, that you might want to check out. Like yeah. that does so much more for the cause. Right. Then to go out there and, and do as you said, Chris, like write this kind of hit piece on AEW. We we all have this access, is what I'm just trying to say. If and if we don't have the access, we know people who do have the access. My last thing on this, y'all, is is that you know we hold AEW's feet to the fire, right? Like we hold mm. AEW's feet to the fire, but you can do that without pouring gasoline on that fire. And I think that's what this did and what, you know, some of these other folks out here who are just trying to get attention versus trying to get actions happen and, yeah. and trying to promote uh, this black talent, man. Because, like, that, at the end of the day, that should be what it's about. It's not about you. It's not about me or Chris. It's not about Tenieri. It's about mm-hmm. our black talent getting opportunities, man, our brown <laughs> talent getting opportunities, man. And, and that should be, you know, that should be, Chris. Your your yeah. goal in all of this, man. So that, yeah, I, I, like and, and don't don't put me in a position where I have to be caping for either one of these companies, man. Right? Like like I don't want to <laughs> you know be doing that. You know, I'm, 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 like, I'm, ain't ain't nobody on this show on Tony Khan's payroll. Although right, I would not yeah. be opposed to that, Tony, if you listen to my brother. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like I, my whole thing is I want to just just um be honest in what I'm reporting, and yeah. I don't I don't need to I don't need 
you know, if Tony Khan wants to drop a check, if Vince wants to drop a check or whatever, I'm we're still going to do what we do here. We're not going to be, um, you know, changing things to make friends or make enemies. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I guess, yeah, like, I guess that's all I got to say on this until it's, it comes it's, back it's up. A, it's only one man that could get me to change what we do on this show, and his name ain't Tony Khan, it ain't Vince McMahon, it's DJ Joe Poe. John Pollock, the only person, Chris, that got that type of power around here. And, and John, let us do what we do, so we ain't changing for nobody. Right, yeah, yeah. So, we, you know. so, so on that note, Chris, we got one more topic for the people. Let's let them know what topic number three is. All right. So uh, listen to the woman, Billy Ho. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember that from uh, White Man Can't Jump? I do remember that, yeah. Listen to the woman, Billy yeah, Ho. The, if I, if yeah. I listen to her, does, a, does that mean I got to hear her? No. no, no. <laughs> you just start with listening, Billy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a conversation about Chinyure's experience as a black female wrestling fan media member and what she thinks the dudes can do to make this space uh, better, safer, and more inclusive. Yeah, because so. I, I, I didn't want to uh, pass up the opportunity, Chinyere, since we had you here, uh, to yeah. get into this discussion with you. Because, you know, we talked a little bit about it when we had Sister Maria on for our first episode here on Post. And, you know, I've, I talked to, uh, you know, a lot of my female friends in, in this wrestling space. And... Their experiences can be very different than, you know, me and Chris's experience. And so especially, you know, as a black woman, Chinyere, I'm wondering, you know, what your experience has been like, you know, in terms of being not only a fan, but somebody that covers this stuff. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. So basically, I mean, being a wrestling fan in itself is already considered not cool, right? Um, <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? I thought this was real cool. All the, all the cool kids like Extreme Rules, baby. Really? I agree with you, right? But like, to a lot all of the cool kids is walking around with Lily dolls and Charlie dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get any more cool than that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, it's just one of those things where, like, a lot of the times, like, people who aren't really wrestling fans, they don't find this cool. So they're like, "You're a wrestling fan? That's weird." Then they they'll proceed to tell you, of course, you know that, like, you know, you know that that stuff's fake, right? And you're like, "What's oh, <laughs> Chad?" Eh? But anyway, then, like, being a black female wrestling fan, you're borderline weird. And now, more especially, like, in my country, here in South Africa, it's it's not really that big a sport. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're definitely weird, you know? Mm. Um, so, I mean, like, I've always felt out of place in a way. I don't want that to sound sad. I, like, now that I'm saying it, it sounds mm. a bit sad. But it, like, you know, I always just kind of felt a bit out of place, right? Because like I'll walk into a room and I'll be like, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan, you know? Um, but it did help in terms of like that became my, my interesting fact. You know, whenever someone's like, you know, tell me an interesting fact about you. Now I have something. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's one of those things where um, moving into the space of actually being in like in sports media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot happens. I've only... I only started being in like wrestling media in May, end of May, end of May this year, right? But it's one of those things where I've already experienced a few awkward moments Mm. and I found myself, especially because like I am a black woman, right? So I found myself in situations where I might be the only black person in the room 
or might be the only female in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, most times I'm the only black female, like altogether. So it's one of those things where I think the biggest thing that I struggle with, and maybe other people might, might struggle with it, maybe they don't, I don't know. But it's kind of feeling as though maybe you were only brought into the space, like as part of like some tokenism, mm. you right. know, like feels like you just br- you you just brought into just you know be there for show basically mm-hmm. you know um so yeah and also another thing that happens and it's happened to me quite often where like i kind of get into a space or i'm applying for something then they ask me to write something or to speak on something that pertains to women's wrestling right mm-hmm. or women's sports which is cool, right? Because, like, yeah, you know, obviously it's better if a female who actually understands it then can write that. Yeah. But it feels like then there's kind of like a disregard for women's sports altogether. It kind of gives off that vibe, you know? Where it's and it like, puts you in a box. Yeah, you know, it's like, nah, like, j- just you cover that, mm. you know? Like, no one else is trying to cover that, so you just take that. Um, so, I mean, like, it's always just those issues, honestly. Uh, that I think a lot of us face. And yeah, so also like like I was saying, right? Like in terms of like me sometimes feeling out of place and feeling weird and all of that, whenever it comes to spaces where I am like the only black female, I I don't really feel awkward about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's actually kind of sad. Like it should be one of those things where I should walk into a room or I should be in a space and I'm like, oh no, like why am I, like why is there no, more representation of people mm-hmm. like me you get um so i think it's just one of those things and i feel like also a lot of like female journalists and i've seen it especially here in south africa a lot of female journalists lean more to like news rather than sports because you know sports is then considered more a masculine thing mm-hmm. you get. so i think that could be one of the things that perhaps could be debunked maybe <laughs> mm. just right. so that like you know we get more women involved in it and get more women like realizing that they can actually have a voice in this and yes. we matter, you know? Yep. And I, I think um, you know, on, on that point in the area of having a voice, I want, yeah. I did want to ask you about uh, speaking out. Cause last year that was a big thing yes, in wrestling yes, yes. where mm-hmm. a lot of mainly women, you know, had stories of, you know, being abused, being, you know, sexually assaulted being you know just made to feel awkward in spaces mainly by like a lot of these men involved in pro wrestling whether they be you know performers or promoters or fans or whatever and and i'm wondering like how you felt about you know that movement and you know a lot of these stories finally being told for the first time uh i felt i think i think there was like a bit of like um finally in terms of like these stories do need to be publicized we need to know that these things are happening in the wrestling industry right um but i was also i won't even lie i was triggered right because mm. i myself have been in this situation just one situation but it was a situation nonetheless where someone like i asked for a favor in terms of like getting into like i wanted to break into the sports media industry and all of that and the person was basically suggesting that in order for me to get that I would need to um, have some sort of exchange with him, you get. Mm. And so I, I was triggered in terms of that. And I also know people who've been in such situations too. 
So it's like, you know, it's one of those things where you don't only just carry your pain in life. You carry other people's right. pain, the people yeah. that you come across and all of that. So, but I, I, like, I think over and above all of that, it was more so a matter of me just being grateful for that. Like all of these stories are coming forward and we're getting to hear all of this, you know? Uh, Cause I'm like, I've ne- like, I feel like it's better when the wrestling industry is more transparent yes. and we actually see these things for what they are. Because then, like, now we, like, you know, you'll look at a wrestler and you'll be like, I love this wrestler. But then now you'll come across what they've done. And then you realize, yeah. oh, no, actually, I think I'm good without this wrestler, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I, I think it was definitely time. And I feel like it did change the wrestling game quite mm. a lot. So, like, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but, like, I, I'll speak for myself uh, in, in this next question. Like, I think as... Much as, you know, I, I, I definitely want to be out here advocating for diversity and equality and all this stuff. There's probably blind spots in my life experience that, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm definitely pro-women. Like, I want the women to have just as much influence and just as many opportunities in this business as, as the dudes. But, mm-hmm. like, there's probably areas where I could get better at talking about stuff like this, January. So, like, just, like, to me or Chris or, you know, any guy that's out there listening uh like what what can we do like as fans as people that cover this stuff like are there things we can do to make this this space in professional wrestling better and more accommodating and safer for women um i think what specifically with like with like media right like the sports media uh combat sports media specifically right it's one of those things where i think it starts off in just like before we even get to a person being a part of actual media where, you know, sometimes there'll be like an event happening. uh, Then maybe like someone will voice out their opinion on something. And usually when it's a female, you'll come across these things where like, it's like, okay, no, you're just being overly emotional because you're a girl. Cause what, 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 you know, and you're like, that, that's not even it. Hey, like, I'm just saying what my opinion is. So I feel like it's one of those things where that could be something that we, we we might want to look at like reevaluate and actually listen because yeah nah and i feel like that would also help in like just letting women feel more welcoming into the sports media because then they'll feel like okay nah it's okay for me to voice out my opinions i won't be shut down i won't feel like i'm going to be told that i'm being overly emotional or anything of the sort you know uh and yeah like i said with the other one also just like the, the whole thing of just stopping the restriction of women to just women's sports you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's crazy, Chris, because I like I'll see people, you know, uh, respond to, you know, whether it's Chenere or you know somebody like uh, a Kristen Ashley or uh, you know Kate from Montreal or Sierra Reed, like in 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 terms of them having an opinion about something, and the responses that they get are way different than the responses that you and me get. Like people might disagree with us, Chris, but right. it almost feels personal when you got these dudes responding to a, a woman having an opinion on this type of thing. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, because um, at the end of the day, um, you know, we do uh, carry some degree of masculinity and in society that tends to be more respected. It's it's a privilege. uh, Than than femininity. And then also um, just even being um, friends with, um, with Mary and you know other people in this space uh, mm. black women um you start to understand that um 
the intersectionality with with the mm. black women because it's not just it's not just being a woman now on top of being a woman you're a black woman mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. all these different stereotypes that goes mm. with being not just a woman but now a black woman because then it's like okay you co- you're, you're, you're afraid of having too much of an attitude or whatever or whatever just certain right. things that white women might not necessarily have to go through um, so yeah, so I just kind of like um, any what any woman that chooses to to be in this space um, gets my respect. Yes, uh, as, as Kevin as Kevin Durant yeah. said, "You the real MVP." <laughs> yeah, any any black woman that chooses Ooh. to be in this space gets my respect as well. Yes. I do have a question for you, uh, Chinieri, because this is kind of um, something that I think we were. Like this is better time to, than any to talk about. Did you see the uh, Ric Flair uh, Dark thing Side of the Ring? Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Did you see that? And what are your thoughts on that? I saw. I saw the episode. Okay. So basically, I had been hearing about you know the plane ride yeah. from hell since like I was young. Since like mm-hmm. I started watching wrestling and all of that. But I didn't know the the degree, the extent to which everything was, you know. And specifically with the Ric Flair thing, I was like, oh, no, this is bad, bad, bad. And then, like, (laughs) I feel like, I think above that, it was the statement that he put out, like, after that, that Mm -hmm. was not okay at all. Right. So, like, yeah, like, I just looked at that statement and I was like, oh, no, this this isn't good. Like, just to be straight up, like, no, that didn't happen. Meanwhile... There's, there's like witnesses and you know yeah um yeah there's so many different stories uh involving rick flair and him opening up his robe and you know it's been treated like a joke over the course of the decades mm-hmm. so um for this episode i wanted to reach out to um to uh thea vidal so if you don't know who Thea Vidal is, she played Shelton Benjamin's uh, mama on WWE in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, recants this story um, back in 2014 of how some middle-aged man who didn't know what the definition of no is kept revealing himself to her and kind of telling s- similar stories in um the that the stewardess in that plane ride from hell episode told um she's a black woman um and it was just um in the description of this man she said it was a middle-aged man who didn't know what no was and he revealed himself running around naked and stuff um i wasn't able to confirm that it was rick flair um that was doing that um, but the story just sounds similar. Um, I did I, I, I did reach out twice. I found her Facebook page, and then I found her, her Twitter, and both of them were kind of unactive. I did get somebody reach back out to me, yeah. but that person didn't give me anything conclusive to run mm-hmm. off of. He just said that Thea Vidal is busy at the moment um, with tour dates or whatever. So um, I didn't, you know, I can't, I can't confirm 
that it was Ric Flair um, that was doing that kind of stuff. But the, the whole point of this is, you know, it's been played as a joke for yeah. so many years. Like you said, when you hear the story, um, when I heard it, I was hearing of it as like this kind of jokey frat boy situation that got a little bit out of hand, but you know, everything was good afterwards and stuff. And then to watch this stewardess and she was like, to, to see her tearing up and then, yeah. you know, Tommy Dreamer with his bullshit, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, and then Ric Flair, uh, and this is the thing I don't understand about Ric Flair is like, why do you even have a publicist work for you if yeah. you're just going to not do what they fucking tell you to do and go on your, your own like. way? Yeah. I think, and the thing is, like, and I've said it, Chris, you know, I'll go on record saying it, man. Like, Ric Flair, to me, was the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Like, that was my guy. Right. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, dog, like, you can't, like, there's no way you can hear these stories. There's no way that you can see the way he responded to this and been like, yeah, I'm still riding with Ric Flair. It's like, nah, like, yeah. I, look, I still got the DVDs. I still got, you know, the, the, the Peacock. I can watch them old Ric Flair matches if I choose to, Chinieri. But yeah. ain't no reason to be still riding with this dude in 2021. Like, no. Like, Definitely. You, you have uh, unearned my loyalty, sir. You have unearned my support as a fan. And it's like, we got we to gotta look at this bigger, folks. Like, there's, like, I get it. I get that these are heroes of your childhood, heroes of your youth for a lot of the audience out there, man. But it's like, that doesn't excuse this behavior. And when you know better, you do better. And now that these things are coming to light, you know, you've got to kind of reevaluate the way that you look at your heroes. And so like, I'm, I'm glad in a way, Tenieri, that this happened because this is a conversation that still needs to keep going. Because I felt like after a while, like maybe after a few months, like the speaking out movement started to lose a little bit of steam. You know, and it almost yeah. it almost felt like wrestling was like, hey, we we got rid of those bad apples. We're all good now. It's like, no, nah, that ain't the case. Like, there's still a lot of bad apples out mm -hmm. here. They just hiding better. And so when something like Dark Side of the Ring happened, it's shown a light back on the industry. And I'm glad, you know, we're starting to get more of these abusers and more of these people that take advantage of their positions out of the paint. Definitely. And also it's one of those things, right, where like even though like, okay, we need to expose those who have done like such activities and all of those things in the past, we need to also create a space where we don't allow that to happen in current day, you know, right. and going forward. So it's definitely important for us to have those conversations. I, I guess my, my last question for you uh, before we get up out of here, Chi Chi, is... Uh, uh -huh. Say there's some some young girl listening to the Nubian wrestling advocates. I I'm not Brandon Thurston. I ain't did the numbers. I don't know how our demographics is looking, Chris. <laughs> right. Let's say we got a contingent of you know wrestling fans that are female age, you know, 15 to 20, and yeah. they are interested in getting into wrestling journalism. They're interested in getting into sports journalism. They're interested in getting into this media bubble. Like, what what advice would you give them, Chinier? Like, what what from your experience? would you tell them in terms of these are some things that, that you can do to help yourself and maybe these are some uh, pitfalls and traps you can avoid? Uh, well, the first thing, right, is 
have a LinkedIn account, right? Because then you're going to see a lot of things there. Uh, make sure that you stay on all social media, like especially Twitter. I feel like Twitter's like, you know, okay, let me say for wrestling and for MMA, because those are my sports, mm-hmm. right? Twitter is the place to be, because then you're going you're gonna to get a lot of mutuals who are actually interested in that, and you're going to come across a lot of opportunities that way. Um, also, reach out to people. Yes, I, I used to be afraid to reach out to people a lot, but it's one of those things where, like, literally just reach out and be like, hi, I'd just like some advice in terms of, like, how I can get to where you are right now. And I've found that, like, I, there's no one that I've ever asked who's straight up been like, no. Like, some people don't respond, but mm-hmm. it's probably because they're busy. I forgive them. But I think <laughs> with most people, like, they're willing to help you. They're willing to help right. you get into the industry, um, especially, like, with the wrestling community, People in the wrestling community want to build the community up. So it's one of those things where they'll get you, like they'll get you there. Um, and I think just bet on yourself, always bet on yourself. Don't, like mm. I know doubt creeps, creeps in a lot, especially like as a girl, you're going to be out here like, oh, will I actually be able to do that? Will I be accepted and, you know, all of that. But you need to just take a chance sometimes. And yeah. I, I think it's yeah. like the Twitter thing you mentioned is, is is really important and, and underrated because I think, you know, just pulling back the curtain and speaking about us, like I asked Andrew Thompson, I said, Andrew, you like, we, we want to get some new voices on the show. Like, can you, you know, give me a list of some people that are good in the space and, and up and coming like that we could talk to and your name was on the list. And then, you know, he connected us and it's like, I probably would not have connected or it would have taken a lot longer, you know, for yeah. us to connect had you not had that relationship with Andrew and Andrew had that relationship with me. And so I do think, particularly when we're talking about like black people in this space, like at the end of the day, man, like we all, we got it's CMB, it's new Jack city. (laughs) And I think like we, we have to, and that's part of why going back to the last story, Tenere, like that's part of why I think that particular person rubbed me and Chris a bit the wrong way. Cause it's like, dog, we got so many talented people out here that we could be lifting each other up and yeah. like, what are you doing with your platform? So I'm really glad that, uh, you know, Andrew was able to connect us and, 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 uh, have you on the show this month. Yeah. Like Andrew just straight up reached out to me, you know, shot me a DM. I was like, Ooh, okay. 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 And I was really excited. So it's one of those things where I think just keep active, let people know of you. Mm. Like just anyone knows of you like, Oh yeah, that kid wants to ask me for advice, you know? It's one of those things where it goes a long way. <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I also think, Chris, uh, like people, people can notice the work that you're doing, even if you know you don't have the biggest audience off the jump. People know that you're yes. putting in work, and people know like who's really about the work and who's about you know their craft and making things better, and who's just about getting a name out there and becoming famous, right? And I think yeah. like, when you look at somebody like uh, like what Chenier is doing, you're like, yeah, she's doing it the right way. And I think. Like, to me, I'm always going to be somebody, Chris, that it's like, if you out there working hard, man, and I have an opportunity to put you on a little bit, I'm going to do it because somebody, like, somebody put me on. And then right. you got to keep that thing going forward. Yeah, and the fact that you're 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 um, so young doing this is a, is a beautiful, beautiful thing as well. When I was, when, when I was um, 20 years old, I was, you know, hungover, 
I was gonna say, were you was, was that when Parties. you were locked up for a minute, Chris? Was you in jail? Yeah, yeah, probably, man. <laughs> like for twenty was probably I was probably a little bit older than that, but when I was when I was twenty, I was up to no good, man. Mm. Um, so um, it's it's always good to um, you know see that you are you know when I see uh, young people um, in these uh, positive spaces. Yeah. Um, doing the work that you're doing, uh, Chinieri, it, it just really does kind of because I'm a I'm a, a professor. That's what I do for a living is teach, and it always makes me feel good to see, um, you know, people like you um, in this uh, privileged position that you're in uh, taking um, full advantage of it. Man, I, I love it. Um, yeah, just I think it's great. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, yeah. See, like Chris got multiple personalities. I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this, Chris. And I'm sorry if this, I'm sorry if this is a HIPAA violation, brother. Uh, but I'm gonna say it before we uh, let Chinieri promote what she got going on. But but like right now, like today, you talk to the professor, Chris. Like this professor, Chris. He nice. He got some good yeah. opinions. He very intelligent, smart, brother. But then there's uh-huh. sometimes, like, you know how, like, Finn Balor got Finn Balor, right? But then there's sometimes he showed up as a demon. Yeah. That's Chris. Like, sometimes you go, most of the time you're going to get the professor. Every now and then, Moderna Chris come out. <laughs> <laughs> when Moderna Chris come out, you got to watch out, man, because you don't know what that brother going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we might have heard a little bit of Moderna Chris early in the episode talking about Booker T. So, uh. Yeah, I, I, I was backstage and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really yeah. But uh we, we definitely want to thank you for uh, spending some time with us this month, Chinieri. So uh before we let you go, let the people know what you got going on, uh promote anything that uh you know you got uh that, that you're really proud of and uh let people know how they can connect with you on social. Uh okay guys, so basically I am not really okay. I don't really have anything out right now at the moment. That's like hot, hot. But you guys can find oh, me. Oh, like, oh, time out, time out, time out, TT. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to step on your toes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, little, little professional broadcasting tip here. So okay. Like, if, if, if you don't have nothing going on, don't say it. Be like, well, you know, I'm working on a couple of things. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm able to talk about it, I'll let you guys know. But I got a lot of things going on right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> then they're going to be like, oh, what she got going on? I need to know. Yeah, okay, okay. Let me, let me do that again. Okay, run it back, run it back. <clears throat> okay, so guys, right now, I don't have a... Oh, I'm already messing up. Um, <laughs> Right now, I'm working on a couple of things, you know, oh, and okay. they show to come out very soon, very soon. Oh, we, uh, just keep a watch out on all my social media. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just keep a lookout on all my social media. You guys can find me on Instagram as well as on Twitter at Chinyereokafo underscore. That's at C-H-I-N-Y-E-R-E-O-K-A-F-O-R underscore. I know it's long, but yeah, it'll be worth it, I promise. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, Chris, what, what you got going on, brother? Anything you can have upcoming? And uh, let, let the people know where they can find you on social media because your Twitter was blowing up this weekend, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can just find me on Twitter at KMEZDoesIt. Uh, dot com or not dot com kmez does it period but they got a whole website out here uh, yeah <laughs> but uh you can that used to be my website it's inactive but um Dang. anyway you that, could, that, uh, that GoDaddy subscription ran out 
Yeah, I just didn't re-up it because it seemed kind of pointless. I had but, one too, man. I had um, yeah. I think I had Squarespace, and I, yeah. I just kind of let it lapse because I wasn't doing anything with it. Yeah, that was mine with Squarespace as well. So, but anyway, um, yeah, and I'm just um, I'm still like working on my dissertation for uh, my mm. school because I should be um, have my PhD by the first quarter of next year. Mm. Um, so I'm excited about that and then um me and uh the girlfriend look to be starting a family here okay. soon so you know in a year or whatever so we'll we'll see how that goes uh, okay uh, look i could i could do a lot between now and uh, <laughs> march to get dumped so um don't 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 congratulate me yet let's yeah, let's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Chris, so how's that family coming? Oh man, we broke up. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be like this back to Nigerian woman. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Y'all had to be y'all had to be backstage to get that joke. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight m o z a i k at Nate Mosaic. Uh, check out the Kings of Sport podcast. We have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport, where $5 gets you in the door for over 200 hours of content, audio and video. We talking pro wrestling. We talking sports. We talking politics. We talking MCU reviews. There's a live watch of Hamilton that I did last year that's on the Patreon. So we got a lot of stuff at the Patreon. Uh, if y'all want to support us, hit us up at patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Of course, uh, the Rocky Maivia Picture Show archives are still up here at Post Wrestling. If y'all want to check that out, and there might be news on that in the coming months. Uh, just a lot going on here, man. Like, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter for updates on all of, of my shows. And uh, before we get out of here, Chris, I do want to give a couple shout-outs. One, to that man we mentioned earlier, Righteous Reg, Yo. for providing us with the theme song here at the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. Want to shout out Austin James for our it's graphics the here at the NWA Podcast. And of course, big shout out as always to John and Way, the proprietors of Post Wrestling for being good friends, being good dudes, and, and providing us with a platform so that we can have all these hot takes that probably get them a lot of angry emails. So we definitely appreciate uh, John and Way for, for being down with us and being down with the culture. Uh, we appreciate you for listening out there like everybody that listens to the show we appreciate it we'll be back with a brand new episode next month uh, we have no idea what we're going to be talking about but whatever it is it's going to be good so for the professor chris Ely, for andrew thompson and for our new friend chenier okafor aka all nwa chenier i am the godfather <laughs> i am the godfather nate milton and remember the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted.